right, let's do it. Welcome to Beers with Nigel. It's a podcast about beer and other things, other stuff. Uh, Nick is in the house. Always. Hello. Hello, Nick. How you doing since the last time? I'm good. You're good? I'm good. What are you, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, what are we drinking? You poured me something. What are we drinking well, tonight? Well, let's introduce our guest. We've got right, Nolan, Nolan Brown from there he tr- is. the soon-to-be-open Transparent Brewing in Graytown. Gray, gray, gray let's call it Grandview. Can we just rename well, every suburb of Kansas City? <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, I can get with the mayor. Maybe we can change it to Graytown instead of Grandview. <laughs> <laughs> That could be your beer festival name. There you go. Yeah, there we go. go. All right. I love it. So Nolan's in the house, and he brought us. What is this, Nolan? So this is called Son of Juice. Uh, it's by Maplewood Brewing Company. Um, they've been kind of one of my favorites lately. I just found them three or four months ago. I think their distribution just finally hit. Aren't the they Kansas in St. Louis? No, they're in Chicago. Oh, Maplewood. Yeah. It so, seemed like St. Louis. Yeah, it will. It, it did so feel like that. It. That's where Schlafly is in St. Louis. Gotcha. They're in Maplewood. Uh, but I just found these guys. They've got uh, Juice Pants, Son of Juice. They've got oh yeah, uh, Juice style. Pants. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, yeah. they're really, really solid. Yeah. Juice Pants may be my favorite name. I've never had the beer, but that's just a funny name. <laughs> right. I'm sure there's other names. That are going to be your favorite name on this damn show. We'll, we'll go. We'll go with Juice All Pants right, for now. Three episodes in, I'm going to say Juice Pants is at the top of the list. Okay. Well, so, so goal setting for everyone else. Is this three? It is three, isn't it? This is the oh, third this episode. Is episode three. So you're the second guest. Oh, awesome. You, you followed the Alana Broyles. Hey, uh, Alana. By the time this comes out, hopefully her jaw will be fixed. I hope she's okay. She took it, a spill. It looked like on Facebook today she was doing a lot better. Yeah. She, she was up and, you know, moving around and all that yeah. stuff. So. Yeah, you got to be careful on those scooters, man. Beware <laughs> of the scooters. Yeah. yeah so, definitely. yeah. So, I've known Nolan for, gosh, it seems like about three, not, three years now. Yeah, coming up on three years. Yeah. And as long as I've known him, he's been talking about opening a brewery. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, edu- very beer savvy, very educated um, in the beer game. And I was like, I got to get him on here. And so when I hit him up, I was like, yo, you want to come do this? He's like, absolutely. I thought it was perfect timing because when's the brewery going to be open? So we're, we're still kind of in limbo uh, with the weather that we're having right now. It right. keeps delaying construction and stuff. So we're really shooting for middle of May. Realistically, it might be beginning of June. But, uh, you know, we're a few months out. We're not too far away from it. So I would imagine, like, I think about people <laughs> opening any kind of, of food or beverage facility, bar, restaurant, seems daunting to me. But then to throw in, you're also going to brew beer. Just seems crazy to me. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I, look, I'm lazy by nature. <laughs> that just seems like a lot of hard work. Right, right. The that, the brewing beer side is, you know, I, I, that's the least daunting to me. I think being a new business owner, that's what, what yeah. scares yeah, the hell out of me math. at this point. So, what's that? You have to do math. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a bio major, chemistry minor, man. I, I, that's that's right up the alley of where I, I studied. So, so, oh, that. absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. Hundred percent complete nerds. That's that's uh, that's not a lie right there. So so on on that note, tell us how you got into the beer game. Yeah, so you know, like I said, I was a bio major, chemistry minor. Um, <clears throat> was pre med through all of college, and uh, took my MCATs and just went, nah, screw that, I'm done. Uh, and uh, you know, at that point, I'd been homebrewing for about a year or two, and really enjoyed it. So decided that was kind of the the route that I wanted to go. Which, um, you know, having the conversation with your parents that you don't right. want to be a doctor anymore and you want to brew beer for a living. It does not go across very well, I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah. How, how did that go? It, it wasn't that great to start. Uh, you know, it took them a couple of weeks to come around. But uh, when they came around, you know, uh, they talked to me and they're like, all right, go, you know, establish yourself in the industry and, you know, maybe we can talk about something in a few years. So um, that's exactly what I did. So I went out, um, got an internship at uh, 
Six Row Brewing Company in St. Louis. Uh, unfortunately, they've since gone out of business, but, you know, did one day a week there and worked drywall to make ends meet while I was there. Uh, and that kind of got me the first job that I had at Fossil Cove Brewing Company down in uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas. Great, which, great brewery. Yeah, shout out to those guys. They're, they're yeah. killing it down there yeah. right now. And they just had Frostfest uh, a couple yeah. of weekends ago, yeah. which uh, is their, you know, their winter um, uh, beer festival, which kudos to anybody that went out because i know it was cold this year when they were you would have loved that, that nick that, so. a beer festival that's outside in the winter well I'm, I'm just gonna say this too always arkansas greater than st louis <laughs> in, what, in what respects he's, all of them he's got he's got all dis, of them he's got disdain for st louis apparently well, it, it, you, you kind of got me get caught in a tight space here because I worked at Schlafly <laughs> in St. Louis for a little while as well. So, uh, I mean, being co- coming from Kansas City, yeah, I think I'd have to agree with you, though. I, I'm a big outdoorsy person, so getting outside out there is, is pretty awesome down in Ar- Arkansas. I, and I will admit to a lot of that is simply based on St. Louis Cardinal fans. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I, I, really, There's and, a bias right there, right? And, and Bush sucks. Yeah. I mean. The beer? Yeah. Or the stadium? Both. <laughs> no, actually, the stadium's not. The stadium's not. It's just stale to me. Like, yeah. Like they had this opportunity to build a fantastic downtown stadium, right? And it's just stale to me. They missed. They you, swung and missed. I'll keep it baseball cliche. That's <laughs> terrible. So, <laughs> so anyway, after Fossil Cove, where'd, where'd you go after? Yeah, that? so I, I was with them for about a year and learned a lot. Uh, they've got great people, and uh, from there, so I, I went to Schlafly after that. Um, Moved kind of to, uh, you know, a little bit bigger, intentionally did it, wanted to see the regional side versus a microbrewery level, uh, and spent about a year with them working in the cellar, um, and, you know, at that point, I was like, all right, it's time to see the national brand, so uh, after working with Schlaffy for a little while, I went to Oscar Blues. Uh, they had, a few years prior, opened their major East Coast production facility in North Carolina, right. uh, just south of Asheville, and, uh, you know, went and brewed for them. So it was kind of a step up for me. I wanted to get back on the brewing side, uh, but at the same time, wanted to see a little bit larger scale, which, I mean, those guys, at that point in time, that was right when they were acquiring Cigar City. Um, so they were really ramping up, trying to push High Lie out and all that stuff. Right. The year that I was there, we were slated for like 197,000 and barrels wow. that year yeah, yeah I mean, it, it was huge and it, it was crazy too because like half to two-thirds of what we were brewing was highlight too so right. they were really trying to push that beer out right. so uh, I, I know highlight very intimately their story though is really I mean, how they grew into what they are is who's that uh, um, uh, oscar blues yeah oh yeah it's a i mean national worldwide known brand i mean and the guy that runs it i mean just kind of a a different cat you know what i'm saying so yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I just, it's it's just really cool to see see them go from 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 the micro to the giant. And speaking of that, you're a home brewer. I've had your beers. You you make some really good beers. You worked at a big boy, right? But you're a home brewer. Yes. What did you you obviously you have some ideas about what you want to brew? Yeah. But you also learn some things at the at the same time. Now you're opening up your own place. What have you taken to merge all those things together? What what are what are some of your if you know if you will your core beer values if 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 you will? Yeah, and the time that I spent in the industry definitely developed you know my style and my personal taste and everything. Um, you know, for me, I do tend towards drier beers. Um, you know, so the majority of what you get, you're not going to see a lot of really high finishing gravity, super sweet beers in what I brew. Right. Um, but as well, you know, just kind of with the industry as a whole, I've had a major beef with where it's trended to. I mean, it's all high ABVs, overly hopped, you know, beers right now. And, and I got really tired of 
going to a bar, 7%, uh, seven of them were over, you know, seven, eight, nine percent right. and you can have one or two beers and then all of a sudden you're like, well, right. I got to drive home. So I'm done drinking now, you know? Right. Um, so, you know, we're really going to focus on lower ABV beers, probably about, uh, 80 to 90% of what we brew will be under 7% alcohol. Uh, and just, you know, true to style, subtle flavors, right. you know, really, uh, little twists here or there, but it's going to be pretty straightforward brews when it, when it comes down to it. So, so we, we were talking about you earlier today. I gave him a little fact sheet. Okay. And you know, one, one of the words I threw out to him, he's like, what the hell is that? And I said, session beers. Yeah. Yeah. So, I know what that means. Absolutely. So, so just for you, Nick, um, cause we do a, we do a, a beer term of the week. Okay. Um, I'm going to give this to Nick. He can, he can read what, so, oh. see, we're, we're educating him. So there was yeah, math absolutely. and now reading. You can read. It's fine. <laughs> You know, uh, we can go into history if you want to go into history. Too. Uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. That's that. Okay, there we fair go. Enough. There we go. Where is it? Okay. Oh, man. You did not come prepared. I did. It, I screenshotted just for you. <laughs> screenshotted it. We need to there add. We need to add a giant uh, read, monitor read, in read here with thing. with with the dictionary. Well, you know, I brought my readers this time. Because <laughs> half the time I can't read the shit. So <laughs> we are men of a certain age. Yes. All right. Session beer. Noun. Informal. <laughs> A beer that has a relatively low alcohol content and is therefore suitable for drinking over an extended period. A session beer yep. with just 4% alcohol by volume. And as long as I've known Nolan, he's, that has been his thing. You can come in and have four or five beers and be fine. Yeah, not, absolutely. Not have to come in and get, you know... Eleven percent, and be like, okay, that's all I can do. Right, right, well, well. <laughs> absolutely. I, I mean, just looking at it from a business standpoint, I mean, it makes sense, right? Right. I'd rather have people come in, stay for an hour or two, have four or five, right? Uh, you know, rather than uh, just having one or two and then you know finding the way home. So, um, definitely looking forward to that and kind of trying to set the place up to create an environment where you can come and hang out. So, uh, we're actually going to have an outdoor space, right. have cornhole, bocce ball. Uh, putting a dog park in as well, so we will be dog friendly. Uh, so really wanting to develop a place that people can spend an afternoon. Right. You know, being in Grandview, we are a little ways away from some of the major um, cities. You know, from Kansas City, Lee Summit, you know, all that stuff. So uh, you know, you won't have to come out and then bounce back in an hour. You can come out and stay right. for a while. It was it was funny when you did the groundbreaking, and it was a bunch of people that showed up to the groundbreaking. It was, yeah. it, was it was crazy. That mayor of Grandview was so happy to have a brewery yeah. coming to Grandview. He was ecstatic. He's like, it's about damn time we got a brewery. Yeah, yeah, Everybody else got a brewery. Where's our brewery? It was it was kind of cool to to see that. Talk about um, you know, it's a family affair, what your mom's gonna do. Cause I think that's super cool as well. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you know, to comment on uh, uh, Mayor Jones, so Leonard Jones, he, he's the mayor of Grandview. Shout and, out to Mayor Jones. Yeah, he, he's kind of the whole reason that we chose Grandview, Grandview in the first place and that this project got rolling because he emphatically said he wanted one there and through some contacts uh, it got to my parents. And so we kind of moved our timeline forward in order to uh, satisfy the need and the want in, right. gra in the Grandview area. But um, so, yeah, it partnered with Transparent Brewing Company. There's going to be a restaurant. Um, it's called The Chive Simply Good. Uh, my mom will be running that side of it and, and she's trying to do, you know, farm to table, uh, but she wants to do it to more of an extreme level than what you've seen kind of in the Kansas city area. Right. You know, most farm to table restaurants, I think are like 10 to 15% locally sourced. And that's really it. They just kind of are able to say that because they have some products that are locally sourced. So I know she at any given point throughout the year is looking to be 75 to 95% locally sourced, depending on the season, depending on what's available. Um, so it's definitely going to be supporting a lot of other businesses in the Kansas city area. Uh, and, and just some really healthy, good food too. So right. it'll be, 
kind of a cafe market feel. So a lot of soups and sandwiches. Um, and she wants to have a market available so you can come in, you can grab, you know, a pre-made sandwich, pre-made soup to run out the door, or you can hang out and, you know, chill for a while and have a beer while you're, while you're there. So it's, it's going to be really, really cool concept. And I, you know, growing up, she's cooked for me since I was a kid, obviously. And, uh, uh, her cooking has developed greatly in the last 10, 15 years. She went where overseas this past year. Um, didn't you went to a rest? You went to some restaurant somewhere for like a couple, to, to work or remember? Wasn't it? Didn't she go to somebody's restaurant last year, last summer? Yeah, I, I mean she's done a few. So yeah. she she went to one, and I can't think of the name now, out in uh, Asheville, North Carolina, and did like an apprenticeship yeah. for a week yeah. or something. Um, she's gone out to one in California as well, uh, and then her and my dad. I mean they travel all the time, so she's gone to uh, what is it? girl and three goats in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she's, they, they, anytime they travel somewhere, they're looking for a nice restaurant and really wanting to experience and explore yeah. and you know, all that stuff. So I'm, I'm looking forward to what they're going to do on that side of it because for the, it's been the last couple of years, they've been doing these tastings, um, uh, of the food at, at their house and inviting people who've never been and doing these small plates, and she's just been testing different. I gotta make more friends like you. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about it was, I went a couple of times. She's like, "You, you, you can't come anymore. You gotta send people." So I would, I would send people, but it was just so phenomenal. I mean, and then, um, then Nolan would bring his beers out and pair it with the food, and it, it was pretty unique. Um, Last Saturday, Bob Keen, all those guys came yeah, to your house. Yeah. I'm sure they probably tore up the shit. So, because <laughs> they came to wind shift afterwards, I'm like, really, you guys? <laughs> oh, so, so they went out drinking after. Yeah, they sure did. They sure did. It seems like we're seeing more and more of that, where where restaurants and breweries are, are partnering up, and you're seeing some paired dinners and meals put together. I think we. It, it, it's a cool trend. I, I think mean, it's, you, I think it's smart. We used to see it with wine all the time, and now we're starting to see it with beers a lot more often. You know, what we hear now is, you know, a lot of these breweries, if they don't have food or a food truck, I mean, that's a turnoff for people because they want to be able to come and hang out and have some food and, you know, I mean, Diametric, for instance. Yeah. You know, they do food trucks on the weekends, but not in the winter. Right. So they partnered with um, Hy-Vee, where Hy-Vee will deliver no from joke. the Market Grill. When which did they is start doing that? Maybe about three months ago. No joke. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah that's so awesome. so you can at least get you can obviously you can DoorDash or bring your own food in there, but that that's a little different level than you know getting Chipotle, right? Right. So you know, I, you know, kudos to you guys. Uh, that's going to be those they will they will coexist as well because. You know, I don't want to just drink beer. I want to have some food as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's kind of cool too because, you know, despite being able to work together, we can both kind of do our own things as well. So it's technically two separate businesses under the same right. roof. Uh, and so she's going to be open, I believe, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, and then at 7 p.m., the menu will actually switch to a bar menu. So it'll go to your more traditional right. pub fare of pretzels and sliders and, you know, things like that. But uh, And then for me, you know, we'll open 11, 10, 10 o'clock, depending on the day, and then run later into the right. night. So it's, it's kind of cool because we can do our own thing, but at the same time really work together yeah. and, and do some fun stuff with each other. So We're out of beer, so we need to crack one I, of these. I think it's time for our, our first mystery beer. So... Introduce Nolan to the bag. This okay. bag, this bag right here. <laughs> Somebody came to my house and left it. He swears up and down it was stolen from a golf course. That is seriously. I mean, I got to imagine is with all the golf clubs. Yeah, and that the is turf that on. that is a cheap so clubhouse bag. Yeah, I only brought two this time because I knew Nolan was bringing beer. So um, I'm going to bring out the big bottle first. Yeah, you are. Look at that. That is um, from yeah, it's half drunk, but you know it's fine. I was gonna say, I was gonna say <laughs> that's not a new beer. No, it's, it's new to you, motherfucker. 
<laughs> what, did you crack it before you came over here? Or? Uh, I couldn't help myself we, a couple nights ago. So were you standing that. out gotcha, standing gotcha. outside with that thing in a brown paper bag yeah, waiting for pretty, me to let yeah, you yeah, in? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> hey, that's the only way to stay warm without cold <laughs> yeah, yeah. here tonight. So this is uh, BKS, which is down off of 63rd Street. They do really good beers. This is their pretty much their staple stout. It's called Holstein. I think this one is uh, Ethiopian coffee and some other things. Yeah, it's actually a really good beer. So we're going to have some of this because – I actually, th- I actually thought about it when I bought it. I'm like, this should go on the show, but I couldn't help myself. I had to open it. Well, there we go. So it's still sealed. So, But yeah. th- these are their crowlers. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So that this is how they serve them. And you buy this for $5 plus right. the beer, and you can bring it back, and they'll fill it up again. Pretty That's damn- awesome. Yeah, yeah it's, pretty, awesome. it's pretty fancy. Yeah. Well, while, while, he pour- while he pours, so – are you are you planning on having you know what's the percentage of what's going to be your beer and what are you bringing in from 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 other craft brewers and microbrewers around? I, you know, we've got a lot now that have just kind of almost shifted to to where they're just doing their own beers. Yeah, and that that's the plan. It's going to be a hundred percent transparent brewing company. Uh, you know, I, I really appreciate what other breweries are doing and stuff, uh, but uh, you know, really want to keep the focus on our products and and, and kind of drive that home. Uh, and it, to the point, you know, we're, we're not going to do any outside liquor either. Uh, so it will be strictly beer, no wine, no liquor, no nothing. I it's, dig it. it's just strictly I beer. Actually, I actually um, dig that. And, and, and I think a lot of people are excited about it. I've had, you know, some people say, hey, you know, I've got friends that don't, you know, that don't drink beer. So they do you think that you're going to lose customers because of that? You know, the, the one friend in the group. And, you know, to me, my thought is, is that if somebody does openly says they don't like beer, it's because they haven't been introduced to it properly. They haven't had a bartender take the time to guide them right down the right path and, you know, show them a beer that uh, would be palatable to them or, you know, figure out what their tastes are so that they can, you know, find the right. I'm with you. That's an opportunity to say, Hey, you never have, you know, this, Oh, I drink Bud Light. Well, try this. It's an opportunity to you know open somebody up to something they've never had before, which or I, think, or I just don't want to be friends with you, or that. That's, <laughs> that's one way to do it. You, you, your, your friend list is going to get cut pretty short. Well, pretty you quick. know, I mean, sometimes that's what you got to do, right? right. I, you know, you got to got to find a way to weed through that list. We got some people outside. Yeah, we do. It's weird. So yeah. take take a whiff of that they, beer. They, while, they, while they, you're they at. may not uh, they may not approve of this show. The nose. Of, why are they Mormons? <laughs> <laughs> He's a he's a recovering Mormon. Uh, <laughs> Sorry uh, to all the Mormons out there. But just just I you know Mormon light. I was independent. Mormon brain. light. I was independent. Brain. So last episode we were talking about him being Mormon, and then he. You ever heard of Mormon underwear? I have not. Well, I mean either. And then I googled it, and it's a thing. That's fantastic. Is, it, by is the this way. a style of underwear specifically? For Mormons, <laughs> well, I don't know. It wasn't my it wasn't my brand of Mormons. So I don't know. <laughs> different I just, brands. Yeah, the, the Utah brand okay. are different than right, the Independence right, right. brand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good beer. That's it a is. good beer. It is. Yeah. And that's only that's only six percent. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, that's surprising. Yeah. It's, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's six percent. Hmm. They the uh, BKS, they do they really don't do super high ABV. I think their highest one might, might be seven and a half. Nice, nice. Which, you know, which I can appreciate because I can go in there and have three beers or whatever and be like, oh, I'm cool. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I, you know, I like my big beers, but I'm only gonna. I generally just do it down here, right? Just because I can walk. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. always a bonus. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, walking we, or look. We are we are two lucky individuals that we don't have to really. We rarely have to worry about driving. I tell you, to, I tell you to, that today though, that little five minute walk to work was rough, man. Oh uh, yeah. Oh like, my god. My goal in 2020 was to 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 walk to work every day. Yeah, okay. that 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 didn't last through February. <laughs> <laughs> I, I drove today. 
I drove the two blocks. Weather just <laughs> ruining, ruining New Year's resolution. Yeah, it, it, it really is. So, what's your vision for like when 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 you open? What's the vibe you're looking for when you open this brewery? Because I'm, you know, I'm the type of guy when I walk into a place, you know, if the vibe if the vibe is right, and and obviously the people are right, the you know the service is right, and of course the beer's right. You know, that's that's you know, there's certain places you go and you're just comfortable. You know, um, as I was telling somebody today, I think the future of craft beer is neighborhood pubs, right? Right. People go there. You have regulars. Yeah, you have people who are new or whatever who you know who are beer hunters, if you will. But what do you think your your vision for what it's going to be like on the inside? Yeah. So, um, I mean, do you want aesthetics or just kind of the feel? Itself? I mean, just kind of whatever you just you can riff however you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, I'm super excited about this because a big thing for me is education. I love teaching people, and I think you know it's one of the greatest ways for you to learn anything yourself is by communicating that to somebody else. So, we're really going to push a, a educational environment. You know, any anybody who comes into the brewery should learn something new about transparent about beer or the beer industry you know anytime they come in they should learn something new through intelligent conversation so uh, we're going to put a major emphasis on training the bartenders and educating them and making sure that they can speak intelligently about beer and you know want to create that environment where you know even if it's other customers that are around you can chat and openly communicate about beer whether you're just talking about one that you tried or you know getting into the depth of the different chemicals that create whatever flavors are in the beer itself so you know really want to create that environment but as well um kind of you know a place to come relax it's going to be super chill come hang out i completely agree with you i think the industry is really moving towards that local and it already has for the most part i think becoming a regional brand at this point is all is going to be damn near impossible to do anymore Uh, so you really got to focus on your your local environment and and uh, appease those that are uh, around you immediately so you're that nick educational just for you i yeah you, 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 you hit me with that one why why transparent i'm curious about the about the brand Let, right. let's hear that story yeah so um i don't remember when it was but it just kind of came to me one day um uh, but it, it's it's kind of just a play on words i mean i want to be transparent and open with right. my customers so uh you know that's part of the education side of things and you know we're going to go so far as to even put homebrew conversion recipes on the website Oh, uh, very so that's awesome go buy the grain go buy the hops you know the yeast everything and you can brew our beers at home uh, and you know i kind of view that as another opportunity for teaching people so if somebody brews it comes in and is like hey you know this is the issue that i had with it how do i correct that then all of a sudden it's a a conversation about hey so this is you know the issue in your process this is how you fix that you know this is how you get rid of that character so yeah we really want to just focus on being open open and honest with everybody that comes through the door that's a, that's a great way i think to make the the beer nerd I mean, like, have a really cool home. I mean, it's people that are doing it. They want to. They want to talk about all those things. Yeah. They want to share the stories of brewing. I think that's be great. I yeah. mean, and we all want a place to, to tell stories when we're at a bar, right? right. <laughs> telling stories is part of being. I mean, at the bar. Isn't that part of drinking beer? Being at the bar It's <laughs> just Absolutely. telling your stories. So, Nolan, we, we we debate this thing all three, all two episodes. We've debated it for the entire episode. We've debated, <laughs> you know, because the word craft. You know, it came about. We don't. Who knows when this started being called craft beer? And I went back to the '80s when we drank Michelob with the foil on top. That was mm-hmm. craft. If, if if you count it now, it was craft. Go back to, in your mind, and what do you think your first craft beer was? Uh, anybody my age is going to say either Blue Moon or Shock Top. 
And, and that's hands down what it was. You know, me. and it's you, and you look back now, you're like, well, those really crap. They weren't. Beers? Yeah, that was that's what. Yeah, I was. That's exactly by, what I was thinking. They were owned by Coors at that point. And, so, and, so. and I was a little offended when I found out it was a fucking Coors. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I was, yeah. Like, you I was know, like, I've been duped, but I still liked it. I didn't find that out until I went to Golden, Colorado, and did the tour of the Coors right. facility, and they were serving it at the end of the tour. And I, I, I looked around, and I was like, you got to be shitting me. This yeah. is a Coors product. What, yeah. Well, I can't drink that anymore, so yeah. that goes out the window. So did did you feel a little betrayed? A little bit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Are you kidding me? No, I, I think we all did. Yeah. I, I mean, that's kind of what transitioned me and, you know, started developing the, the, the palette that I have today yeah. for, for craft beer uh, was, was Blue Moon. So. so do you think it's some of it is, is we all want to feel, we all want that kind of snobby, we're snobby about something, right? So is, you know, I, does, that, does that play into it a little bit? That like I'm a, I'm I a wanna, snob about a lot of things. I want to, well, like, <laughs> I, I've looked in the mirror. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna act like I'm not either. But but actually, that's part of it too, though, is why we say we felt a little betrayed that Shock Top wasn't yeah. wasn't small. I mean, I mean, you, you could probably get with this, Nolan. It's like when when InBev buys up a you know a smaller brewery, you're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, look, and, there were and, a lot and, of people that were mad at Boulevard when and, they sold. And well, I would. It's, well, at least at least they sold to somebody that was actually doing things that were well, not macro. And and yeah, and Duvel is still technically a craft brewing yes. company by you know the the definition, which is under six million barrels right. a year, which has slowly expanded yeah. over the last yeah. thirty years. Um, but yeah, I mean, but it, there was backlash in Kansas City. It, yeah, there was, but I will tell you that that was probably the best. You know. Person that or company that Absolutely. they could have sold to because Duvel has done worlds for Boulevard yes. and and the the quality is still there yes the creativity is yes. still there uh, and that's really what you end up seeing a lot of the times is the creativity just gets stifled and, yeah. and you yeah. you just it loses its soul yeah you know? right, right. That's, that's kind of the way I feel about Goose Island I'm I'm not excited that's, about yeah. anything Goose Island right now yeah and, and haven't been for a long yeah. time so and and even even Boulevard you know. I think it was a good thing because even you, I go to the beer hall and that's one I'll go down there just because I know they've got those test beers and they're doing things that they probably couldn't do. Oh yeah. You know, because no, they, I think they've they, been more creative. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, in, in that regard, cause think about it, some of those test beers have become things that have gone to market. Absolutely. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So in, in that regard, if you have, if you can do whatever you want at the brewery with, you know, money's not an object. I mean, that's perfect. Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's why people, the people who work there, they take care of their employees. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't take tips. I mean, they're doing it correctly. So, you know, you can hate them all, all, all you want for being bought out, but, you know. No, I was just saying, I think there there was there was local yeah, backlash. Yeah, yeah no, bit. and there's always going to be local backlash. I mean, you're going to have that, at least that one person that ruins it for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So, right. I, I mean, there, there's going to be that local backlash, but... You know the the one that surprised me. Did you see um, the Ballast Point? Uh, yeah, just got bought yeah. for what? They got bought for two hundred and sixty million. Where right. they sold for a billion dollars right. or something. Right. Yeah, like, I, mean, I, I ain't crazy. I ain't turning that down if I'm that guy. No, I I wouldn't either. But so, do you know the original sale that Ballast yeah, Point they, did? Uh. Uh-uh. So, Ballast Point going from craft to craft to a domestic, which they were bought by Boulevard, correct? Or am I wrong in that? I don't think it was Boulevard. Okay. Uh-uh. Well, they were they were originally bought out for a billion dollars, right, by a bigger company, yeah, by a bigger company. And recently, another craft beer distributor just them purchased them yeah. back for two hundred sixty mil. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a crazy story. Yeah. Penny, pennies on the dollar. There. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there, the there's dollar. kind of some of that going on in the industry right now. It's a, it's you know a bit of a crapshoot as far as whether you're going to succeed doing that or and, not. And really different parts of the country, it's it's weird because, you know, as I've been talking about, I went I went to Pennsylvania last summer, and the beer the beer, you know, culture there is totally different. Right. It's, it's all neighborhood um, breweries. They're you know, if there's a if there's a transparent, there you might have another location. Right. A lot of breweries do that, and they're right. just as quaint and small, but they might have. And the, but that's a Pennsylvania thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Pennsylvania uh, brews the most beer in the United States of, uh, of all the states. Really? Yeah. They their their breweries. A lot of it is what happened. What's happened is all those mining towns, all that dried up. Mm-hmm. Breweries are popping up in these little towns. No joke. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. So yeah. when I was up there, I was like. This is a different culture than the middle of the country. Right. You know, so depending on the part of the country, because I was talking to somebody earlier about, you know, breweries closing this, that, and the other, and the other. Yeah. It, it, I think as a whole, it's still growing because there's parts of the country that haven't experienced, you know, craft beer. I mean, look at Dallas, for instance. There was a bunch in Dallas. 10 years ago, there, wouldn't, there were not. LA, there weren't. Kansas City, Ten years ago, hell, seven years ago, that was Boulevard, and maybe who's who's seven years old? Martin City, yeah. You know what? What sparked that though? Why? 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 In the last seven, ten years, why are they just? I mean, seriously, they are exploding everywhere. That's a good question. What do you think, Nolan? You know, I I, I couldn't really tell you. I think it's partly. You know, obviously, we're usually one of the last people that hits the trends, right? So it's going to hit Colorado, California, mm-hmm. something like that first. And, um, you know, 10 years ago in Colorado, they still probably had 100, 110 breweries right. or something like that in Denver alone, right. where now it's 200-something. Which so is I odd think- to me because because you would think that in the, the towns like that where they have major giant breweries, you wouldn't have all the, all the pop-up. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, do you think it has to do with the the liberal out atmosphere out there, where it's a little easier to create? Yeah, like the, the, the creative, the creative thing. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think. Yeah, because think about it. Most of the, you know, you call them nerds, but they're creatives. Right. <laughs> right. Look, right. We creative, all got a little something nerdy, creative, right? Creative nerds. I just think, you know, craft beer is just, you know, I mean, you're the perfect story. You at one point you were going to be an MD, and you're like. No, that's not. Yeah. That's not. That's not really my vibe. My vibe is to be a creator, right? You know, right. as twenty years ago, I'm guessing if you were super smart and you know uh, pre med biochemistry major, you went that route because that wasn't an option, right? Whereas you know, if you have an inkling of being creative, like I always talk about, you know, the guys that I know that brew beer, I mean, that's a fucking art. I mean, absolutely, because you us three could do the same recipe and it it could be a different thing based on what we do right oh yeah absolutely i mean timing of addition yeah you know uh what the water that you're using right. so your house to your house to my house right. could completely change the way the, the beer tastes or we could decide taste. we're going to do the same beer we're going to do our own our own version of it you know right, what i'm saying right. so it's it's totally up to the artiste you know to and, and math and math. math look it's going to come down to chemistry and math well, which no. is like i'm going to go back to like i love to cook i'm a good cook i can't bake i'm not going to make beer you know why? There are rules. <laughs> you can, if, you, if, you, if you if you if you if you know your way around a kitchen, you can fucking brew a beer. I, I yeah, it's it's not that seems like a lot of math and chemistry. To you know you see. know what you know what brewing is. Math what most and of chemistry. It is? Nolan, 
Cleaning, right? Yeah, it's sanitation. <laughs> <laughs> we, it's we, cleaning. Yeah, yeah. We we uh, any any brewery you go to and you ask them what they do, they're just like uh, we're glorified janitors. I, yeah, I, it's eighty percent of your job yeah. is cleaning and just making sure that it's sanitized and you know whatever else. So uh, as long as you can sanitize something and keep a sanitary environment, you can you can brew a beer. The brew the brew days I've been on, it's all cleaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we might have drank some beers, we might have boiled some water. I feel like I'm fairly clean. <laughs> okay, well. You got to be extra clean on oh, okay. beer, though. Dang I it. mean, yeah. yeah. If you fuck, mean, you fuck th- up a. You does get that some, mean showering every day? <laughs> as long as you're not dipping your body parts in the fucking <laughs> right. wart, you're right. good. Right. Ooh, <laughs> wait a minute. That's a whole other show, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's another. It's another beer word for another time for you. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's the fun part. He doesn't know these words. It's like, what the fuck is no? I know that word. Session. I, I'm just. I'm just saying. You know, the whole dipping body parts and things. That's a whole. Other, had, that's a whole other type of show. We had his preacher's beer last week. Okay. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. It was yeah, a it was red ale, preacher preacher ale. Yeah, that's what I called it. It was right? good. Preacher ale. It was good. Yeah. Uh, so moving on. <laughs> For lack so, of a segue. So you know, you know, part of my passion is diversity in in craft beer. Yeah. Right. So I got to ask you the question. What do you What do you think Kansas City can do? Because we know it's pretty white right now. Right. You know, and any thoughts on opening a brewery and and making it a little more accessible because we go back and forth and is it is it on is it on the brewer or the brewery or is it on people i say it's on everybody what are your thoughts on um you know getting a a diverse crowd into you know into transparent you know i i I think uh it's kind of on everybody i mean obviously the the brewery could do some different things i mean you you look at the events and the music and stuff that are coming into breweries and for lack of a better word i mean it's it's basically just hipster stuff going on right, right so it's right. a lot of classic rock a lot of blues folk music uh people coming into play i mean i think that if you could open up that genre a little bit to to different things right. then, then i think yeah you could definitely uh, uh draw a more diverse crowd into it and um you know for for fear of stereotyping here, but I'm a huge hip hop head. Right. And I, I would love to do, you know, Wu Tang Wednesday right. or something. Right. You know, yeah. like and that would be that'd be awesome. And I think that would honestly diversify the crowd right. quite a bit. Well so. and you're in a good you're in a good place to to do some of these yeah, things. I absolutely. mean absolutely especially compared to where, where Nigel and I are in, in Lee Summit, you're you're in you're in Grandview, which yeah. is a much bigger more. minority Oh absolutely more, way more diverse. Yeah, I mean, yeah, way more way more diverse. So I think I, I you know, do you look at that? I mean, even from a business standpoint, that you that you feel like you need to do some things to bring that crowd in, or 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 are you or are you going to bring in the people from Lake Winnebago? And I think it's going to be a combination of both. To be completely honest with you, I mean, you know, uh, Raymore, Peculiar, all of those communities are very very close and and don't really have anything, right. you know, in that area. So we're going to be servicing them quite a bit as well. Uh, but at the same time, I think the the biggest thing is just, you know, being open to anybody that comes into the place. And, and again, that educational side of stuff, because, you know, I, yeah, introducing more people and, and, and different races to craft beer and really making it accessible to them, I think would make, be a huge thing, too. Cause, yeah. I mean, you know, how, how accessible is it really to, to everybody at this point in time, you know? Right. You know, last our last episode, we we were talked a lot about about female involvement, about right. that that side mm-hmm. of diversity. Right. You're you're building your restaurant right next to one of the biggest woman owned businesses in the Midwest. Yeah, that's gotta 
means something, right? Absolutely. I mean, as we're talking about diversity, I mean, look look at that success story. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I've actually been working there for two years too. So she she has been my boss for two years. And, <laughs> and uh, don't don't cross Gail. <laughs> <laughs> You're not kidding. Yeah, I, I mean, Gail. Uh, uh, huge, huge female influence in the the Kansas City area, Midwest. To be completely honest, she she's done a huge amount for the the females and the females in the writing community as well. I mean, the Harley world. Uh, I, I'd say the Kansas City female writing community wouldn't be what it is if it isn't for Gail at this really? point in time. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's been pretty awesome to work for her and and learn quite a bit and kind of develop the relationship with that place that uh, that I was uh, you, you know could be mutually beneficial for the both of us. So. Have you gleaned? some like business things from her that you that you can translate to you know opening a business yeah yeah so this this i i got this job um in the meantime to opening this place uh which we thought it was going to be i don't know six months once i started there and here i am uh the first of march will be two years working working for (laughs) you um but no, so uh, I'd never done sales before. And so getting on the sales floor right. of a, a, a Harley shop was really interesting to me. And uh, every day I run into uh, situations or do training on or something that I'm constantly relating it back to the brewery and, and how I can, um, you know, utilize it in the future when we start distributing right. or, you know, using uh, sales techniques and training for the bartenders. You know, there, there's a lot of stuff that I've picked up doing this stuff, uh, selling bikes that um, that I'll, I'll absolutely translate back to the brewery itself. So, so is that a goal of yours to, to uh, distribute? Yeah, eventually. I, you know, maybe a year or two years down the road, right. but uh, it's definitely definitely in the, the, the works. Yeah. That's a that's a big transition because distribution laws, you know, they vary by state. I mean, even if you just look in Missouri, they're kind of weird laws. Uh, wow, that's a, that's a I big mean, thing to want to tackle. City barrels, like doing it self-distributing. Yeah, yeah. So like, we, we have self-distribution laws in Missouri. Yeah. You know, it's a whole other set of licenses that you right. have to get and stuff. But um, that's kind of the route that I plan on going is, is trying to self-distribute if I can because, um, you know, cut the middleman out, keep yeah. the margins. Yeah, so. there you go. There you go. What's your favorite style of beer? You know, I'd have to go stout. Uh, what really? That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's the correct. Ver- that is very surprising. That's the really? correct answer. N- knowing you, when you you tout session beers, right? And you said stout. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, you know, there's yeah, stout is generally a higher ABV style, but I want to say BJCP's like. Yeah, five and a half to seven. Yeah, and a that, half that's or true. Like that's that. true. I mean, yeah, we, the connotation we, of stout is big, right? Well, and, and you look at recent years in the brewing industry. Right. That's all that's been done is barrel aged this, right. coffee this, you know, and, and big thirteen. I've got a um, Boulevard's what is it thirtieth anniversary ale yeah. that they just released. Yeah. It's like fifteen point two percent alcohol. <laughs> it's like I can't drink that by myself. No. I, I got to hold on to this until yeah. I got five people yeah. over at the house so we can we can get through it. So yeah, to to your point, one of my favorite stouts is Young's Double Chocolate Stout. Mm-hmm. That's a fantastic. And it's it's five and a half percent. Yeah. So yeah, I just you know you think stout, you think oh big beer, but yeah, yeah, but I, I'm with you. Yeah. W- what's your favorite style? I think we always ask that. Ah. Wow. Do you have one yet? We we still we you still know I love I lo- I do love the Youngs. Um, I like Boulevard's Dark Truth. Mm-hmm. Is what I, yeah. That might actually that might actually be my favorite. I just picked up uh, in the fall. Their their uh, they had a, a barrel barrel aged stout. I'm trying to remember which one that was. I can't remember the name of it right now. <laughs> that gives us nothing. I know, <laughs> but the Dark Truth Boulevard's Dark Truth stout is probably my favorite. Yeah, yeah. It's I do solid. love the Youngs Double Chocolate though. It's fantastic. Hey, speaking mm-hmm. of beer. Let's crack one with one of yours. Yeah. Do you guys want to start lighter? You want to go dark? Let's go dark. 
<laughs> the way he said that just, was just so. I just want to make it uncomfortable. I mean, really, that's my goal. I, all, all I'm thinking about is promos. <laughs> I mean, if you really want to learn something, the proper way would be to start light and then go dark, based on palate and the flavors yes. and everything. Look, if we're establishing one thing here, I don't, I don't want to be educated. <laughs> we're gonna try our best. The miseducation <laughs> of Nick. Yeah, I think you. Re- I think you need to rename the podcast. <laughs> no, we spent t- we spent too long. All of like ten minutes on that logo. So <laughs> I really, I really did. What's the ABV on this one? So this one is. Um, so I've, I've actually been doing a lot of adjustments to my uh, brew house and my process and stuff ra- lately. So this batch actually came out at seven point four. Uh, but when it's actually on tap at the brewery, this will be a 6.9 percenter, um, right at that threshold. Um, and this will be, this will be one of the flagships. So it'll be on year round, uh, calling it Tippin Stout, which my, my parents have a dog named Tippin. So that's where I was wondering if it was the old pie place, the old restaurant. No, no. (laughs) Stole the name really. (laughs) Not trying to get sued. No. No, that's nice and roasty. I like that. Yeah. I was, I've always been a bigger fan of, uh, the really... Uh, the roasty, a lot of coffee, chocolate yeah. character stouts. Yeah. So, um, definitely went to a a more flavorful backbone on yeah. it, but it's still really light and yeah. it's dry, drinkable. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's got not a nice aftertaste either too. Yeah, it's 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 like like a mild chocolate, right? Not a bitter chocolate. I love bitter chocolate, but that's the back end of that is super nice. Yeah. It just kind of lingers. Yeah, it's it's uh, mild. Not mild. mild. What's the, what, mellow? That's the word I'm looking mild, for. Mild is good too. I mean, that's, I mean, it's a subtle thing. What is for 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 the newbie? For the guy who doesn't know anything about brewing, other than you know, I've watched a few friends do it. Right. Mm-hmm. What? How do you how do you regulate the the alcohol content? Because you said you know you said this one was a little higher, but when you want you want to get it down for when you have it on tap at the restaurant or at the brewery. So how, how do you actually do that? Yeah, so there's there's a lot of variables that go into this, right? <laughs> so I didn't um, ask a simple question. Is right, what you're yeah. saying? Um, so the you know pH is going to have a. a a uh, effect on the, the I, I think I failed that test in high school there you go uh, <laughs> the amount of grain that you put into it as well um, so th- there's a lot of different variables but essentially what it comes down to is you know calculating the alcohol you have you know we, we always say as brewers we're not actually brewers we just make uh, yeast food all we do is make sugar <laughs> right. um, so you have an initial amount of sugar that you start with and then through the fermentation process the yeast eats those sugars and then based on the ending um, uh, amount of sugar that's what your alcohol is uh, so the the back end that ending amount you can control by the temperature going into the mash that's going to determine the type of sugars that are actually created uh, and depending on the the temperature that you go to you're going to have a different uh, level uh, on the back end of it so you can kind of control that sweetness with the temperature that you use and then the amount of grains the ph you know all of that stuff is going to affect uh, the amount that you extract on the front end of it. So that's, that's the kind of the quick way of putting uh, how you control the ABV. You get all that? There's going to be a quiz oh, for shit. you. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. And it's not multiple choice. Damn right? it. <laughs> essay. Yeah, oh, hey, no, no. Hey, look, essay, I'm fine. You think so? You're Essay's start... what saved me in college. Well, ima- imagine that, Nolan, him trying to regurgitate that shit in an essay. You, you've seen no, that. No, but I can write enough that you'll forget that I didn't regurgitate. You've seen Drunk yeah. History, haven't you? I love that. That's a great show. It is. Yeah. You know what? You know what's even better though? What's that? The dollop. 
What's and that? They're coming to Kansas City in, in April. I don't I'm think really I know that. Okay, so I, I've heard about the dollop. So what is the dollop exactly? So the dollop is an American history podcast. And I like here. I just got it like this. If drunk history were funny every episode, it would be the dollop. <laughs> so the dollop, the shtick is that it's two comedians. Mm-hmm. One guy is going to read a story from history, from American history. And it, it might be somebody, fa- you know, a famous person. It might be a famous story that you already know. It might be some weird, obscure thing. The shtick is the other guy, his partner, doesn't know what story is coming. And then they just riff off each other while he, tell, while he tells the story. I it's, can dig that. That's it's awesome. funny. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's the dollop. I've never heard of that one. You should. I should check it out. Yeah, I'll have to add that to my podcast list. Do you, you listen go. to a lot of podcasts? Uh, you know, I try to. Uh, it, it Recently, it's kind of died off with how much I have going on. But, uh, you know, I've got three or four beer podcasts that I kind of yeah. cycle through. Can, wh- and then... what, what's your favorite beer podcast? So, honestly. Beers so... with Nigel? <laughs> <laughs> I was test- That was my test for him, actually. <laughs> Jesus. You, you were trying to give me every hit in the book, too, and I didn't get any of them. <laughs> Well, see, can it be my favorite podcast if one hasn't been released yet? But the, by the time they hear this, yes. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So, <laughs> so think, let me let me ask this. Let me ask this again. What's your favorite beer podcast? Uh, beers with Nigel. There we go. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's too funny. <laughs> yeah, I can be kind of oblivious every once in a while. So, uh, who who do you listen to? Uh, my favorite, hands down, is the NBA podcast. Uh, podcast. So, Master Brewers Association okay. of the Americas. Uh, always, always solid content. Yeah, it sounds really, super really good. It is. Yeah, it's very technical. Um, you know, I'm a member of their association, and they. They, they do periodicals, so they have quarterly magazines with um, articles that breweries have put together, scientific articles with, uh, covering different topics, you right. know, whatever. So uh, they're, they're definitely my favorite to listen to as far as informationally. Um, the Stokecast is really good. I don't know if you guys have heard of that at all. Uh, more, uh, they basically interview extreme sports athletes okay. that have had issues or outdoorsy people that have had it, had issues and kind of figure out how they coped with them, what they did to change that, um, you know, and, and overcome any injuries or anything that they've had. Um, one of my favorite ones was there's a, um, snowboarding filmer who had a accident and an avalanche and broke his back. And had to come back from that and figure out how to get back to filming and back on the slopes and oh, you know, wow. all that stuff. So it's it's pretty interesting. It's if you're looking for something to get you really excited to go do something, that's a good one uh, to get out and get motivated to to run around and everything. So, I love a good interview show. Do you? Yeah, I do. That, that's my favorite. I'd rather I want to listen to people you know telling their stories, pull something. It's, it's my favorite to do as well when I get to yeah. do shows. You ever listen to Lore? L-O-R-E? I have. I have listened to that one. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, it, that guy. He's a He's got a creepy voice. He, he just tells these historical stories really? about different things. It's just, it, his voice is just captivating. Yeah, you know? but he, there's the stories. I'm like, oh shit, who who knew they? And these are all true stories. It's pretty pretty, and apparently it's a TV show as well. Yeah, I can't remember which came first, but uh, the podcast came first. Was it the, po- the yeah, podcast? Yeah, that's part. that's one of the the few I listen to. I listen also listen to uh, Oprah's Masterclass, which is an interview show. She interviews I people. I haven't done that one. Yeah, well, no, I said no. It's not it. The people talk about their experiences. It's just them talking into the microphone. That's pretty heavy. Oh, so she's not doing the interviews. Yeah, it's, but it's her because, show. I, I mean, as as awesome as Oprah is, I think she's a horrible interviewer. Why? I, I just don't. I, she sucks up. Who's a good interviewer to you? Um, Wolf Blitzer? <laughs> 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 okay, so I, one of my favorite podcasts, it was only like 12 or 13 episodes, uh, Jesse Thorne. 
who has a show called um, what is it? A Bullseye with Jesse okay. Thorne. It's it's through NPR. But he did a he did a, a short series like twelve or thirteen episodes called The Turnaround, and he interviewed interviewers. So it was all oh, okay. it was all about like you know what do you do? So I mean, Ira Glass. Um, I'm thinking you know, who who are all the big ones? That you, <laughs> now I'm I'm just lost. You're done. You're done. I'm done. <laughs> anyway. Fantastic. That's that's. I'll be cutting this ones. part out. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny part is, I probably won't. So, <laughs> of course not. Because we talked about cutting out. The, the, we riffed at the end of the, the first episode, and I was like, I was listening to it. I said, I can't cut that out. That's, that's fucking gold, right? Well, there. some of your promo stuff was was before we even started. It was just us, like, because I'm standing over in the corner, not even at the microphone, yeah. and yeah. we're just rapping. That's always. I mean, fun. that's 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 the fun part of doing this. That, you know? That's generally right. get your best content too, right? I mean, well, there's a there's a reason that I hit record before everybody's oh, yeah. ready. It's, yeah, yeah. that's Absolutely. that's the good stuff. I want you comfortable. This that's is, a really this good, is a good beer, beer, dude. Good. That that that, Thank that, you. that 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 checks all the boxes and bosses as well. <laughs> so what are the boxes? So when you're I mean, when you're judging for, a beer, for, for what me, are you looking for? For me, um, first of all, just f- overall flavor. Mm-hmm. Is it balanced? Does it taste good? Then, there, is there anything off about it? Like when you're done drinking it, like right now, I took that last swig. It's still on my tongue, and it's still pleasant. Yeah. There's there's nothing off putting about it. The nose was nice. It's just it had a balance to it. You can tell it's a well done beer. Not to say a beer that's not completely well done is going to be bad. It might have some elements that are not good. Where you're like, man, there's something going on with that. You know right. what I'm saying? And and sometimes you can't pinpoint it because, like I tell him, either you like it or you don't. Right? I'm not trying to be a beer technical snob, but I I, I feel like I have a pretty good palate, and I can tell you if it's I, I I've never had a beer that I thought was shit. It may not have been my jam or not very well made, but unless it has some some really bad fucked up shit in it. It's just not that good. It's not great, but it wasn't bad. Is it drinkable? There's a lot of things out there are drinkable. I, I, I've had one beer that I thought was 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 not good. Well, we know you don't like pickle beer, so there's that. Well, I'm not. Like, <laughs> like, I haven't even tried that because pickles are evil. It's the food of the devil, right? What? If you if you believe in the devil, then then the pickle would be his food of choice. There's this there's this brewery. What, what in, do you have against cucumbers? No, I love cucumbers. Why would you yeah. ruin a perfectly good yeah. cucumber? There, there, there's this because it elevates it. No. Oh, absolutely. No. It just, it no. Look, I like other things pickled. I don't like pickled cucumbers. No, cucumbers. Wow. Nolan, there's this there's this brewery in Fort Worth, and I found this pickle beer. That I'm not, am I a huge pickle fan? No, but this thing was done so well. Really, I mean, you couldn't but be like, how did they do that? It was just, and this same brewery did this. They did a plum fig sour. That, wow, that I'm was, not a big fan of sours, but that sounds awesome. That thing was was so ridiculous. And I ended up getting that one because I couldn't find a damn pickle beer in Dallas. <laughs> and I brought that back up here and shared yeah. it. People were like, oh, my God, what is that? Right. But I had a – that's how – you know how the beer game is. People – I met a guy on this on this Facebook page. Not that one. <laughs> this is that other beer Yeah, story. the other. Not Facebook dating. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. We, we do say it's a show about beer and other things. Right. <laughs> that is true. So he was – he had those beers, but he lived in Denver. He said, "Well, I travel to I travel to Dallas, you know, once a month. I can get you some." 
Uh, shout out to him, even though he only sent me one fucking can. I'm like, who sends one can of one beer? And I'm asking, that's the only beer I want. The right? guy who says I'm then keeping he, the rest for myself? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I guess. He must have tasted it while he was down there. Yeah. Like, Screw this guy. And then I don't know this dude. I'm keeping the rest for me. <laughs> and not, he was nice enough to send me some other things, but there were things I could have gotten here. Right. And I sent him all super hyper local. I sent him grains and taps, uh, diametric, um, wind shift, uh, crane, Fucking BK uh, um, service. I sent him a yeah, no joke. I, the hyper local shit. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm like, dude, you're not gonna be able to get that anywhere. So, you know, I'm gonna have to work on his exchange rates. Yeah. <laughs> so, so have you kind of delved into that secret beer trading underworld that no, uh, that we have in the United States? Um, you know, I've I have a I have a buddy of mine in Oklahoma City that he and I, you know, because Oklahoma City is the wild wild west right now, dude. Right. I mean, after they got some some their laws changed, they have beers down there i'm like well how the hell you got got that and you're oklahoma so he and i we go back and forth but that was the first time i've, I've ever traded with a stranger right and it and it was fine i mean the beers he sent me you know I, you know i drank them or whatever but you know i i'm thinking you live in fucking denver you should be sending me some fucking some shit i can't you know some crooked stave or something you know what oh, i'm saying yeah. Absolutely. I mean, especially with the number of breweries out in Denver right now, yeah. there's no way that you can't get a hold of something that we don't have out here. So, But, you know, I was just looking for that one beer, and it wasn't even for me, so there's that. Right, so, right. Stephanie, I know you're going to be listening to this at some point. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I think that just reminds me that we're going to have to have the, the Beers with Nigel tour soon. We're, no, we're, we're, we're going to take this on the road. I already had somebody ask me, could we do it there? Um, Jason, absolutely. Jason, the answer um, is yes. Jason at Longbell. He's like, can we can we do one here? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. For the right price. For the right. Oh, oh, that's right. We're looking for sponsors now. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. The producer side of me just comes out there. I'm like, for the, the right st- price. <laughs> Everything is mobile for the right price. Well, I mean, that's that's true. I, you know, and we'll do some of that. I mean, why not? I mean, um, I wish we could do it because I'm going to this festival. This somebody had put out this list of the of their best festivals of 2019, and there was this one at Other Half Brewing called Pastry Town. Oh, and so <laughs> so I immediately looked it up. That sounds good. And yeah. this video, I was like, oh, I'm going to this. So they do this festival. It's in March, and it's all pastry stouts, pastries, and wrestling. <laughs> what? Yes. Yes. Did you say pasties and wrestling? <laughs> no, pastries. Oh, fool. pastries. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different beer festival. So, like wrestling, are we talking like Olympic style or are we talking WWE? WWE, WWE shit. Okay. In- indoors where the the, the pastries might get smacked around a little bit too. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. I love to show you Are the, the wrestlers named after pastries? I don't know. It's my I f- mean, that's a good question. I feel like they have to be. Yeah. It's got to be a part of the entry. Like you can't be accepted unless yeah, you have you a pastry. Got a I mean, like, like I'm I'm waiting for Jellyfield Phil to take the stage. <laughs> Coming to the stage, put your hands together for Jellyfield. Bloody hell! Hey, do you have a favorite Jellyfield? I don't like donuts. You don't like donuts? No. Wow, that's a I mean, bold statement. I don't I mean, like. Th- I, this is on par with him not liking, liking pickles. Okay, hold on. I don't like jelly filled donuts. Now you give me. You just said donuts, though. You said I don't like donuts. I like I like quick trip donuts. I'm just gonna say. Oh, okay, so Krispy Kremes is basically what you're saying. Yeah, but I I don't I don't gravitate to donuts. I'm not one of those guys that said, hey, let's go get a dozen donuts. Maybe when I was you know 14. Right. You well, know. look when you're 14. Dunkin' Donuts eat, was the shit back then. You eat anything that's put in front of you. That's true. We would, I probably would have eaten pickles if you put them in front of me at 14. I mean, come on. 
Well, I tell you, the pickle board's gonna be after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you. No, look, I will. I will. If you brought it in, I will drink it. Okay. I will. Okay. Like, I will try anything. Okay. Okay. Now, okay, so you you like Quick Trip Donuts, right? What about Lamar's? Lamar's are fine. L- Just fine. Lamar's greater than Krispy Kreme. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah. You know, I, I I don't. The times I have donuts, it might be one in the morning. I make a Quick Trip, and they just got delivered and they're warm. Yeah. You know, or I thought, or, I, I, thought I knew you, man. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so, yeah. so that that gets me to the back to the the one beer that I didn't like that I've had. It was a bacon donut flavored beer. Ooh. Somebody brought from Lawrence. I don't know if it was from one of the Lawrence right. breweries or mm-hmm. not, but a friend who lived in Lawrence brought it, and and it was during the you know everybody was adding bacon to everything yeah. right, right back in the right. the what two thousand seven to ten range, right? It was just not good. It was not good at all. I've I've heard of a few attempts at that and gotten you know mixed reviews on it. So, you but know, I'll try I, anything. To, to me, I don't even know you know how you would do that. Obviously, you can't add the bacon grease because that's going to completely ruin right. the you know head retention and everything in the beer and so kill I, you I, or, and kill you. I mean, nothing like a good <laughs> clogged artery while you're drinking you. a beer. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'd have to do some research to figure out how you'd even get the bacon flavor in. It's got to be an and extract, right? It could be. It, it could be uh, putting a bunch in a bag and putting it inside your your boil kettle. I I don't know. I'd have to look. I'd like to back up on my donut hate. <laughs> okay, I'd he like wants to, a do-over. I just, I just thought of one. Um, Hertz Donuts. Uh huh. Yeah. In, down in Springfield. Well, yeah. when Eddie and those guys are friends at an event, um, I think it was Black Friday, and they had a, that maple bacon, yep. Long uh, John. Yeah. That's yep. Now that shit right there. That's amazing. Now that was the shit. Even though it is way too sweet, it's still amazing. But it yeah. went great with the stout. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Maple and bacon. Are you kidding me? Oh, Absolutely. Well, and his. His coffee stout is really good. His Madame X. Yeah, yeah, he does, does a good job of that. That's a, that's that's one of my favorites here in the area. Speaking of stouts, let's go back to the golf bag for the last beer. Oh, okay. Let me finish this. Even thing. though we're going to drink Nolan's beer as well. How about, how about Nolan talk while I finish and you pour? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, uh, dance monkey dance. Right. Look, there we I go. I didn't bring my tap shoes with me today, so. So check this out, Erebus. Okay. So I haven't had it. It's a hold on. Let me get the readers out. I knew these would come in handy. <laughs> Get them out. There we go. I'm glad we have cameras for this part. That's what I'm saying. Scotch barrel aged imperial stout with coffee, thirteen percent. So this that, is that sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, the brewery is made in Texas by Texans. Is it, so it Martin House? Look at the the top of it. Is that what that says? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the people who do the pickle beer. Okay. Martin. Wow. House. Is this is this what was sent to you? No, this is one of the things I brought oh, back okay. when I went down there. So this is a new packaging thing they do down there, which is pretty fucking cool. Okay. Let me, let me while, while he's pouring, let me, let me, let me I'm going to throw, oh, you, throw you, you a question. You got to see this package. Oh, Watch, right. Watch this. Watch this. You think it's, it's a, a bottle. Bad. It's two fucking cans. What? what? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's, that's cool. awesome. Isn't that cool? That yeah. is fantastic. I was like, oh, that's badass. I, when I bought it, I swore it was a bottle. Right. Didn't even think about it. So that's a lot of they do this a lot. A lot of breweries do this. In They're Texas. dropping some cash on that packaging, by the way. Yeah, no, just, yeah. Somebody, somebody I mean, is. <laughs> and my my marketing head is like, wow, they are not skimping on that budget. Which so what did that cost? Was that fifteen, sixteen bucks? No, I think it was probably twelve dollars. Twelve bucks. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. Wow. I think it was twelve dollars. Like 
I was gonna I was gonna say seventeen ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> if we we're playing if we we're playing prices right with this, I would have gone seventeen ninety nine. And, just, and, and you would have been over and disqualified. I know. <laughs> I know. Maybe that's why I've never been on the show. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Is is there is there a a beer that like you want to get to, you want to make, but you have it, you don't feel like you're there yet? Is there is there like I want to make this beer someday? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've always got ideas going on. Uh, I think one of the styles that I struggle with the most is amber ales. Uh, which they're they're just difficult because you have to balance the um, the the malt notes with the hop notes and and for whatever reason with that color of malt I have just not been able to figure out the right way to balance those and the right combination of hops so I have an amber ale that I think I've brewed six times and I'm still not happy with it's just it's one of those that I've kind of I don't even think I've brewed it in two years just because I got so frustrated with trying to figure it out and getting it right that I just I, I dropped it left it and I'd like to come back to it at some point and, and try again. Yeah, it really is. It's the one beer that I'm just sitting there going, what in the hell is going on? Why Why can't I figure this out right now? Uh, so it's one that I'll is have to – Is this your white whale of, yeah, of beers? Much. Yeah, at this point it really is. Is it, This amber ale really is. The nose on this is really nice. Yeah. If the room goes quiet. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get the camera on him as he drinks there. There we go. See his reaction. That's good. You get that booze though. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's actually that's really good. That's, that's fantastic. That's yeah. You said that was thirteen percent. Yeah. That's pretty smooth. Yeah. For 13, it is. Yeah. Though. There's a lot of a lot of vanilla underneath yeah. it as well. Mm. Of your of yours. It's funny you're waving him to the mic, but we're on camera. So, <laughs> well, that, I'm not on camera as, as well. I guess yeah. Just a wide shot. Your wide shot. First time we do the show. Not thirty seconds seconds into it, he fucking whacks the shit out of the mic. I'm like, I'm a goddamn professional. What are you doing? I'm, I'm, the, I'm the bro telling him what to do in this, in my studio, and I'm just like, Wack. right, right. I, I do like you know because I like scotch, I like booze. I do like the end. Wait, kinda, wait, wait, wait. You like booze? Yeah, I never knew that. Like actually, uh, oh, booze, booze. No, you like scotch and bourbon and things. I do. I, there I are not many. There are not many booze I don't like. But I like the end of this. It has that. It still hangs on, like you get that that barrel aged or whatever the hell that is. Yeah. Well, you were just talking about well, that that finish that sits in your tongue. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I think that's that's the Scotch barrel that you're getting. Yeah, right yeah, there. the it's Scotch. Really, yeah. Because that that makes me think of Scotch. Uh, you know, I'm not a big big Scotch fan myself. I prefer bourbon. It's a little smoother. For I would me. agree with you. Um, but that you know, the Scotch kind of has that lingering alcohol kind of character to it. So, what is the favorite style that you do? You said you know we talked about your white whale, but right. what what's What's uh, what do you do that you love that you I, think you're nailing it? Yeah, uh, I've got a dry hopped wheat wheat that I'm pretty proud of. Um, we use let's see, I got to think of the hops because it's been a while since I've I brewed it. Uh, Sriracha Ace and man, I can't remember the other hops, but Sriracha, there's a pretty heavy addition of Sriracha Ace, and it, it's just like lemongrass. I mean, yeah. that's the, that's the nose that you get on yeah. it, the flavor that you get out of it. And then with the the nice chewy proteins underneath it and everything, it, it's such a refreshing summer uh, summer beer. Which it's surprising that I'd say with the proteins that it's refreshing. It really, really is. I, I like a it. Sounds like it. Sounds like a picnic beer. Yeah, absolutely. I like a hundred percent summer yeah. summer picnic beer. I mean, it's it's really nice. Uh, it's one of my favorites that I do. Um, probably the other our, our uh, flagship pale ale too, Lucent Galaxies. Uh, it's a mosaic and. And again, this is one I haven't brewed in a little bit. Uh, Galaxy, I think it's Mosaic and Galaxy dry hop. That's just 
out of this world. I mean, it's it's pineapple, orange, everything yeah. in your face, um, but without doing the the hazy side. So it is a clear traditional pale ale. But uh, yeah, those are probably the two that I'm I'm most happy with uh, out of everything I've produced. How many how many taps are you going to have when you open? So we're going to start with eight, four okay. of which will be flagships on year round, and then the other four will be rotating. Uh, we'll have room to expand to. I mean, I could go to 16. I think when you kind of get to that point, though, it gets a little convoluted. Uh, so probably 12 to 14 is where I'll stop. Uh, and I've also thought about doing maybe a couple of taps for just like a, a sensory sample. So, right. um, you know, have a base pale recipe that you put together and then put one hop and then another hop on two different, you know, batches. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. way those hop characters are kind of thrown oh, at yeah. you. Or do cool. a, a base pale recipe and then do one with like, you know, C60 in it. And right. that way you can have that C60 thrown in your face. That way you know what that caramel character is. And, right. You know, this is kind of playing into the yeah. the education side of things That's that what, I wanted to do. Yeah. And this, this is probably a year or two down the future. But, um, you know, I would really like to, to do something like that. So with the purchase of a beer, you get to a sample of each one, you know, like a two-ounce sample right. will come in, you know, and, and, and just kind of learn some, something while you're there. So Process. You said you're maybe late spring summer opening right so when do you how long does it take to brew so when are you going to have to be working on these these flagships to get them ready so that everything's everything's set when you open yeah it'll it'll take me about a month and a half to get enough product on that will be set and ready because how Um, big of a system it's five barrel system okay so not the biggest one i you know i wanted to start with a 15 but we kind of had to scale the project back Uh, that's still good though five barrel yeah it is we're going to start with four four uh four five barrel fermenters and then one bright tank so um you know it'll take about two and a half to three weeks to cycle through all four of those and get beers uh finished and kegged and all that stuff so we're, we're looking about a month and a half to start um you know, if we if we open mid a uh, May, that'll put me beginning of April. Yeah. That I'll really get in there and start going, and that's that's all pending weather and right. getting licensing right. done. And you know, right. there, yeah. there's a lot of red tape yeah. to get through still. So it's it's going to be interesting to see if I, we can hold this timeline or not. I know Tony at Windshift. He's got that one barrel system. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's seven months in. He's he's like, I, I wish I had a bigger he, system. Is he always working? I mean, he's brewing five days a week. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, he, he any, has to. Any working at the the mechanic shop yeah, next door yeah, as well? Yeah, yeah, Holy crap! Yeah, he's, yeah. holy crap! <laughs> yeah, and you know, and I think his success is a little surprising. Yeah, but he was a great home brewer. I mean, a great home brewer mm-hmm. for a guy who had seven taps at his house all the time. Right. You know, you you got some skills. So I think going back to the neighborhood bar uh, uh, um, tap room thing, there was nobody in his area. Well, there was there was East Forty downtown, Lee, uh, downtown Blue Springs, but, but where, where he is, I seventy in Woods Chapel. You wouldn't think anybody would go there, right? Well, there's two neighborhoods on either side. People, it's their neighborhood brewery. It's the weirdest thing, and it's small. I mean, you can get what forty people in there. You know, I don't know. I haven't even been out to visit yet. Yeah, you should I, come I, out I, there, dude. Yeah, I, I, I you know. I bartend there Fridays and Saturdays. Okay, cool. I'll be out there yeah, Friday yeah. or Saturday. Yeah. One of Not days. tomorrow, no, because I'm bartending someplace else. You know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, spread my wealth. Right. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> needs a little bit of Nigel. <laughs> Is that you like know, your version of uh, – never mind. <laughs> never mind. I'm, I'm not going there. <laughs> you, you, you pretty much quoted um, uh, my man at Long Bell. He's like, everybody needs a little bit of Nigel. I'm like, <laughs> so I go over there today. I don't make cocktails. So they've got a dinner event. He's like, we're short staff. Would you bartend? I'm like, well, yeah. I'll, you know, they all their cocktails or the instructions are on the wall. I'm like, I can fucking follow instructions. Right. 
you know, and and I can at least humor the people at the bar. <laughs> if I can't do anything else, I'll if, tell a story. Yeah, I'll yeah. be like, "This is going to take a while." Would you order? Don't, you sure you don't want just a beer? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's easy, right? Exactly. So uh, Friday night, our beer sales spiked, and our yeah, yeah, exactly. Went down. What what happened there? You you talked about the guy at Windshift that he he's also working as a mechanic. Tony, you're you're working at Gales, right? The guys at the guys at Diametric all have, have all jobs. have others. I mean, is, is that what you have to do, kind of, to get this? I mean, look, going from home brewer. Two commercial brewer is a big, big step. I mean, are, are, is, do you have to have that second job to make it work? Uh, yes and no. I, I think it, it depends on your situation. You know, I'm a single guy, no kids. I got a dog at home, and that's all I have to take care of. So for me, it's going to be a little bit more viable than somebody who has a family that they have to support uh, and, and take care of. So, um you know, we none of us are in this industry for the money. It's definitely not for the money. It, it's a, a labor of love. Uh, you have to absolutely be passionate about craft beer in order to be in this industry. So, um, you know, yes, you could probably get away with it, but it really just depends on your personal situation. So, you can totally believe that because he's not the first person to say that exact answer. I've that never is, said it's that. It's a labor of love. I've never said that. I was like, they're not in it for the money. <laughs> no, but I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, but, but, but then again, the most most artists are because they're artists, or they don't do it for the money. They do it for the craft. I mean, I think you can say the, they do it for both. I think you can say you. I mean, it you for both. you Look, want you want money. Want to yeah, make money. You, you want money, but your that drive to to create is what you want to do. I mean, that's the reason I fucking worked in San Angelo, Texas. You know, market one ninety three because I wanted to be a reporter. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't. I was making six seventy five an hour as a reporter on the air on oh, television. Look, look, we don't. We don't want to talk about what our salaries were as, as new as as report, young reporters. Touche. But <laughs> I, I mean, the fact that I got a job down there that was huge. I was like, oh shit, I made it. I'm a reporter, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, and I can only imagine. People ask me, "Oh, what do you want to be in the? You want to own a brewery?" I'm like, "No, but I want to be in the in the business somehow." But it's got to be at least for the people that I know who are opening things. I'm super proud of those people. You know, when Diametric started uh, distributing, I thought that was a proud moment for me. I, I I don't have a stake in the brewery, right? But to go to some place and see my homeboys brew on somebody's tap, you know, when it happens for you, I'm gonna be fucking. Yeah, these are my motherfuckers right here. Because to me, these are my homeboys. You know what I'm saying? There's not many people who can say that have almost 10 friends that have opened breweries. But yeah. I do. I've got a lot of people who have, for some unknown reason, I'm friends with brewers. <laughs> right. Well, well I, I think that that statement stands true for somebody that isn't a part of the brewing industry. So it works within the brewing industry yourself. You, the fact that you have 10 friends. I mean, that says something about yourself. <laughs> the, as fact well. that, the fact that Nigel has 10 friends, <laughs> <laughs> 10 friends that have opened breweries. Oh, let, me, let me rephrase okay. that. Don't be uh, jealous. You know, it's one of two things. One, you either don't shut the hell up or two, you've done something kind of cool in the industry and, and you know, you've really both. kind of got, yeah, I think it's a combination of both, but, um, Oh, I had something I was gonna say. I can't remember. Well, I think that goes. I think that goes back to to when you first pulled me aside and like let's let's do this thing, right? Yeah. It was you talked about how there is a there is a community, and you you talked about how yeah. the trend is to the neighborhood bar. Yeah. I think I think that's what it, that's what it's all about. That's why you feel pride in it. Yeah, it's your community. It's your friends. And, you I mean, know, just and, like just like you and I live here in downtown Lee Summit, 
we feel pride every time one of these new places opens. Every time they have they have a great event, we're but you know pride. the beautiful thing about the beer community is I've been in different countries and got love because I I know people in the beer community. Yeah, I mean when I went to London, and it's not just brewers; it's people who drink beer, support beer, who go to festivals, this, that, and the other. I was told by a guy on Beer Tasting KC when I was in London, "Hey, you need to go to this this tap room, ask for this person." And tell him I sent you. And I don't know this guy. Wow. I know him from Facebook. So I end up going to this to the rake in London. They're having a beer release. Um, there's uh, uh, Melissa Cole. Her name is Melissa Cole. She's the biggest beer writer in England. She and another brewer and a brewery collaborated for a beer and they were re- releasing it at this bar. So this, they said he said go ask for Melissa. Roll up in there. Where's Melissa? I don't know who Melissa is. Rolled up in there, and it was all love. They bought all my beers. I, they I put fringe and grains and staff stickers in the in the you know in the bar. You know it was it was that's that's beer like brings people together. That's why I'm so passionate about. We can diversify this shit, right? Because a lot of people just don't know. And to your point, it's about education. Yeah, we got it. We got to show people. Hey, this is in your backyard. We had the conversation last episode where Boulevard, Alma Mater, Rochester um, are all like Southwest um, Boulevard area. That's a diverse neighborhood. Been all in breweries. Who's the only brother in there? Me. Right. That ain't right. And again, it's not just on the brewery. To, to, you, I mean, think about it. You have a job. You're about to open a brewery. You don't have time to really be, be doing outreach, right? So I think it takes the community to make that shit happen. You know, doing things to where, you know, people understand that this is in their hood and it's okay to show up. You know, like Alma Mater is right in, Hispan- in a Hispanic neighborhood. And so I'm, I'm talking to uh, the guy that owns it. I should I should have used that. You're supposed to do that in the microphone. But I don't think we told Nolan actually that that burping is encouraged. And if it's if 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 you know if it hits you, you lean into the mic. Okay, I've been I've been looking away. I'll change. Yeah, we got we got Alana to to burp last week. It was pretty fun. I mean, I don't like I don't know why, but anytime you get the girl to burp. It's a good thing. <laughs> it, it's it's a, a token. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take yeah. home with you. There was a, there was a patch on the jean jacket yeah. for that one. There you go. <laughs> so so Nick Mater, I'm talking to him, and we had this whole conversation. He's like, "Yeah, we get a few Hispanic people to come here because it, it's in their neighborhood." And I, and I have and I have this conversation conversation with everybody that I know in the beer community. How do we how do we reach out to these people? Right? How do we make it a little more diverse? I mean, that just makes it better for everybody. It makes it better for your bottom line, you know. It makes it better for everybody's everybody's bottom line, and it's a local business that is seems like it's welcoming for everybody. And you know, I get on the soapbox every time. It's not that the beer industry doesn't want that. We haven't figured out how to do it, right? Well, I think I think that's what it is, and that's that's diversity in everything we talk about, right? Whether you're talking about beer, whether you're talking about education systems, whether you're, whether you're talking uh, politics, I, it doesn't matter what you're talking about. I think, I think the question is, what do we do? How do, how do we, how do we, how do we not only open the door, but how do we get people to but the you, door? But you're already in, in that neighborhood, right? You're already in that neighborhood. Go to Ponax. It's pretty diverse. 
It's going to be diverse, right? You go to some, you go to Boulevard. But it's not is diverse. It po- is it Ponac still mostly white people that are eating there? No, because it's actual Mex- Mexican food. No, so it, it is. But but go in there. It's more diverse than well, the breweries. It, it, you go in there. It's a lot of people that look like me. Okay. I mean, to your point, sure. But my point is that's still somebody's hood. You know, I don't know how we how we do it, but we're gonna fucking do it. How about that? Well, yeah, and I, I mean, I kind of agree, agree with you. Um, you know, I think it takes a community to move into and, and really occupy those breweries. But, you know, what could be done on the brewing side? I mean, could you do a beer that speaks to the heritage of that community? Right, right. Um, you know, there's got to be ideas like that that are be thrown around right. as well, which, you know, Stone. Stone has uh, Zoco Veza, right. uh, which is their Mexican hot chocolate inspired right. stout, which, right. you know, whether that was brewed directly at a local community around stone uh i don't know but you know something along those lines could most definitely be done in order to kind of include that community and then do a a marketing campaign right around it at that community around that you know beer so i I think it kind of goes both ways you know absolutely what can the brewery do what can the community absolutely absolutely work work together i i I think you're right it takes it takes everybody working together but i I want a a question for you you look different than i do I'm taller. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're <laughs> and I'm British. And you're British. Not the other. We're not going to talk about the other thing, right? Right. We don't, we don't talk about it, right? It's the, no, that's I, a different I, show. I run. I, I do another a local podcast here. You do like twelve. I do a lot, but <laughs> but I do a local podcast here in Lee Summit. Right. And I have been in community newspapers my whole professional career. Right. I always feel a little weird, a little guilty during February. Because it's Black History Month. Okay. I feel like if I go do black history stories or go talk to the the, the few black people around that I know, right? Okay. I always feel like, isn't that just a token thing? Am I actually doing any good? So I asked that question because, you know, you, you talked about, and I thought of this earlier, but you, you brought it up, is, you know, should a, should a local brewery do a Hispanic style beer. So I feel like that's disingenuous a little bit. Like I'm doing it just to get you in. What? And I'm just, and I'm just well, curious. I'll, I'll, and that I'll, might t- be I'll tell you this. I have, I, I admit I have a lot of, of um, liberal white guilt as my friend used to call I'll, it. I'll tell you this. Cause it, this is a thing. This is a thing because in some of the groups that I'm in on Facebook, they might be like uh, one group I'm in. It's, it's all brothers who like craft beer. Right. Right. And when something happens in the craft beer community, like I saw somebody just put out this beer today called uh, uh it's kind of like an O to like you know Master P mm-hmm. and this white dude had a grill in, and so there's a thing that the black community doesn't like when there's cultural appropriation for profit, you know to exactly. to, to to extend your brand and you know that's a that's you know that's that's a that's a touchy one so. Yeah. So, you how know. do I, as 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 the the privileged white guy? But if you if you if do, I own if a, you're doing a Black History story, that's different. If you're taking a a um, like there was a somebody just did something um, in Oklahoma where they did some skit. I see their point. They were trying to, you know, personify a particular song, mm-hmm. but everybody was. Indian and nobody was Indian, so they were all painted, and it <laughs> that doesn't, wow. yeah, you know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying. So, and you know, I feel like this has to be part of it too. Is I think everybody's kind of uncomfortable 
getting into this and yep. talking about this, yep. obviously. I, mean, I like the uncomfortable part. Like, I'll lean into that. See, and, and so But people, I want it to be genuine. That's the thing I, I, I go about is how do you let people know it's genuine? Right. And, and, and that's, you know, kind of thing. I know I personally get uncomfortable, and, and I don't lean into that quite as much as other people will. So, I mean, is there is there a way to open that conversation um, without any, you know, preconceived notions and, and, and really make it to where we're, you know, able to be honest with each other and ask the questions that need to be asked. Because I think there is a lot of, um, you know, people scared to get Broke, into that. that subject. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and Nolan, I think what the deal is, you know, and we've talked about this in the first episode, I came from, I came, I came up a different way. I lived in England until I was 12. So I have a totally different perspective um, being black in this country than people who grew up here. And the conversation was, I don't know if you heard about that thing that happened at that Rochester that Alana put together, that, that it was a I Am Craft Beer. I did hear about it. And so the panel, you know, I was on the panel. We had 125 people show up. It was great. You know, and, you know, my thing was, I'm comfortable going in any situation as a black person. But not every black person is comfortable going into a brewery that's all white. You know? And so the question is how... There's 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 a, a bunch of sides. It's like a fucking British fucking coin that has sides, like corners. There's the education side, but there's also the side to how do we get people to understand it's it's a safe place to come in here. You know, you know what I'm saying? Some people, it, everything is on a personal level, right? All all politics is local. Is yeah, right? there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to attribute it to John Bedoin this time, okay? Look, that is not a Bedoin. You've already railed on this in the last episode. <laughs> Simmer down, son. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's it's everybody's different, you know? And so, for me, I have to be like, okay, I have to accept that, not accept, but understand that if you're black and I'm black and we walk into the same place, you may not be as comfortable comfortable as me because I have a different upbringing. I have a weird fucking upbringing, which I'm glad I do because I don't walk into a place and be, and be like, it's all white people. I'm leaving. I don't do that. Some people may may do that. You know what I'm saying? But you have also said, and I, and you, you've said it on this show, that when you see a, another black person, you're going to go to them. Oh, I'm going to acknowledge a black person. You, in Burry, absolutely. You, you go in. You right. still feel like you need to go in and make that connection be, because I want. If I can make him feel welcome. That's what I'm going to fucking do because it's it's a fucking a, a anomaly to see a black person in the brewery in this town. <laughs> well, and that was going to be my question to you. Is that more for yourself or for the other person that you, it, you, you know, seem I, to make that connection? You know, I think it's probably most most for the other person because I'm comfortable in my own skin in mm -hmm. any situation. But I will acknowledge because it's an unusual thing. And we, we keep going back to this festival I went to last year, Fresh Fest, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But you're going back. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell, I've already got my tickets, son. Are you kidding me? Best beer festival I've ever been to. Really? Se second year, that is two comedians. Um, another podcast you could check out, The Drinking Partners. Two comedians in Pittsburgh. They know enough about beer to be dangerous, but they have great guests. They started a beer festival two years ago. 1,500 people showed up. Um, last year, 3,000. Wow. 3,000. Um, Navi Roots headlined it. No joke. Navi Roots have a beer. Did you know that? I did not they, know they, that. They, they, they partnered with a brewery in, in Atlanta. Because Atlanta's like a hotbed right now for black breweries. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Atlanta's, you know, Chocolate City, kind of like D.C. D.C. is as well. So what they did, it's not just a beer festival. 
They did symposiums on Friday. Um, they did a symposium on uh, diversity in craft beer. Then they did a symposium on, so you want to open a brewery, here's guys who have opened it. Then they did a, a VIP brunch on Saturday. They did a festival. Then they did a brewer's brunch on Sunday. It was a three-day event. That was. Then there was a bottle shared. It was a fucking shit show. Yeah. It was the most. But to walk into the symposium and see 99% of the people at the symposium being black beer people in all facets of beer, I was fucking blown away because you don't see that here. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, I need to bring some of that vibe back to Kansas City because it can be done. And you had people, you had brewer, there's about 50 minority women, LBGT, um, Hispanic, whatever, breweries across the United States. There's about 50. 30 of them were there because it's that kind of event that I was like, this is, it was, dude, I had goosebumps. I was fucking shocked. Now, do, do you think Atlanta seems to be a, a, a prime spot for that just because of the, the history and the roots of the, the black culture in that area? Do you think maybe we're missing that in Kansas City? or I, th- I, th- I think that, that there's, there's a lot of black business in right. Atlanta and D.C. because there's a concentration of black people. Kansas City is, is fairly... We know, thirty percent black, right? Well, and there's right. there's a rich history, yeah. Too now, there's also a rich history of oppression. I but mean, that's, that's we not, can talk about J.C. Nichols bro, and him moving some people bro, around. That's, right? That's every fucking city. That's but true. but that's true. You know, I lived in Atlanta when I was younger, and that was a place. If you wanted to be a black entrepreneur or open a business, that's what that's where you went. Mm-hmm. D.C. being the same way, New York, um, uh, L.A. to to an extent now because there's there's some black owned breweries in L.A. Right. Um, so you know, it, 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 it's, it's different parts of the country have their own history, but I think craft beer for black people is, is relatively new. Yeah. It, it's, it's a, it's a new concept. Um, but it, it's growing and I think the, it's, it's squeezing on what the norm has been in the beer community where it's been white guys. And as not everybody's racist, everybody's got bias. Mm-hmm. Everybody has bias. I have fucking bias. Everybody has bias. And some people, when they're encountered with something they're not used to, their bias comes out. It's just the way it is. I mean, shit happens. Yeah. So in, in, in any industry or any walk of life, there was resistance when – Black people got rights. So now we're coming into the beer community and, you know, we're like, we like beer too. You know, 10 years from now, it's going to be a little more cultural. That's just, that's the way it works in this world. You know what I'm saying? It's gotten better. There's still going to be some haters out there. There's always fuckers who hate, right? Well, yeah. But so, do you think some of that is because of uh, 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 of access? It it takes money even to be a home brewer, right? Like it don't take that much money. You no, can, but I, I but I mean I mean really it doesn't you, it, it all it all comes down to economics and bro, the, and the link between race and bro, economics not I've got right? my recipe for Young's Double Chocolate Stout, my my knockoff recipe, mm-hmm. $25 recipe. Right. And, and here's what I will say, your your startup costs are going to be your biggest investment in in the brewing home brewing side of things. And that's going to depend on what level you get into it. Exactly. I mean, you you can get a a basic brew set for uh, extract brewing for 
hundred bucks, hundred twenty five dollars, and then your first recipe for thirty five forty. Right. So I mean, you can brew your first beer for one hundred and fifty, and then you're averaging anywhere from twenty five to fifty bucks after that, which is pretty much on par from where you'd be buying cases of craft beer or or just or, regular or fucking just beer. regular beer. Yeah. I and mean, you could you could technically you could brew on your stove. Yeah, absolutely. You don't need all that shit. You could be right. Just get you a big. Let's see. He's raising his hand. <laughs> That's what I've been doing since I moved back to Kansas City. I mean, in, I, in I, my kitchen. Yeah, I've, kitchen. I've got friends. You know, they you know they put the you know the carboy in in the bathtub in the in the extra bathtub and it fucking sits in there and ferments and. Mm-hmm. Well, I just wonder what you know what you think is that 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 barrier why. Why there is still a, I, a a divide? Nolan Nolan said it earlier, and it makes fucking sense. Is you know the middle of this country is late adopters. Yeah, we're late yeah. adopters. That's why you can go to the East Coast and you can see black breweries. You can go to the West Coast and see black breweries. You can go to fucking Dallas and see black breweries, black owned, and and some of them are unheard of, but they're neighborhood, you know, but they're there. We're we're like the last bastion, you know. I come to find out, I found out there was a fucking black brewery in Oklahoma City. Vanessa House hmm. had no that idea. Shocks me. That's awesome. Had, had no idea. Yeah. But then, he, but but again, to your point, this this little Rust Belt or Bible Belt, Oklahoma hasn't really gotten heavy into the beer scene except for the last three years when they changed those fucking arcane laws right. where you couldn't have a fucking tap room and you couldn't get. You know, beer over three point two in a store, and you had to go to the liquor store, but you can only buy it hot. Right. So uh, Utah's is still the same way right now. Utah is the last three point two state. Yep. But then again, Utah, the liquor stores are state run. So if you work yep. for a liquor store, you work for the state, man. Exactly. Getting that retirement. Mm-hmm. So anyway, <laughs> we're going super long, aren't we? Uh, we're uh, we're a uh, minute thirty four. Uh, hour for thirty four. Sorry. Okay. You know. I'll cut that part out. Me saying how, how far we're going, but you know, I get on my. High, I we get don't on, cut I get, anything out of this show. I get on. We don't know. edit. I, I appreciate it, and you know, we talked about. The, I brought up the uh, being uncomfortable broaching the subject, right. and so you bring up the economic status. I mean, that was going to be one of my questions. Do you think it has to do with the price of craft beer? No, being the accessibility side no. of it. I mean, look, econ- economics and race in our country, they're tied, always tied. Right, but but I think I think people, if they like it, they're going to buy it. I'm I'm not a Cavassier fan, right? I'm not a Hennessy fan. Motherfuckers is buying that shit, right? Fair enough. You, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, fair. It, okay. It's it's for for me. It's about being exposed to it. You know, I was I've been a beer guy. You know, I'm older than both of you guys. I'm, I'm older than you. You're older than me. Yeah. I mean, I, I say that proudly. You know, <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I am not the oldest guy in the room. You look older than me. So well, that's true. I got a lot of great. Yeah. Th- hey, thank you to our artist friend who, yeah. who who did the art for our, our logo. They took a lot of that gray out. You, you've been the fringe, and they have the magnets yeah. of the faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our logo is magnets of those. Of those. Oh, awesome. Yeah, ben, shout out to Benji, and I think he's in Chicago. So does this mean I'm getting a magnet? Do you want a magnet? I, I just had him. That. I just had him do a did a face. I'd we can get lo- you a magnet. I'd love to have a magnet. That's gonna be extra. Okay, <laughs> that's all right. No, nah, he's work. he's ba- he's badass. So no, no that, that is awesome. When you said that to me, I was like, holy crap. Yeah, and he turned out around pretty quick. So anyway, where was I going with that? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, what, do you remember where I was going? I don't remember yeah. now. Anyway, I, I made it about me again. Oh, we were we were talking <laughs> about the price of craft beer. Is that the yeah? I don't I don't I don't think that's that's an impediment. I think it's 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 knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I just, I just, I'm just one of those guys that I've drank beer and I've gravitated to good beer. Okay, good beer. But again, right. again, though, we're gonna M- we're, talking, we're talking about entry, though. We're talking about entry in, yeah. yeah, which is which is always the topic when we're talking about diversity and equity and and race, right? Is is that entry point? Is how do you make the get the entry point for everyone? Yeah, I'm 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 trying to. T- is, I'm just thinking about, and my, I and I'm I have just, trouble thinking that it's 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 always gonna come back. I'm to just mind. I'm just thinking about the the brothers I hung out with, it's like uh, when I when I lived in Kansas City the first time back in the '90s. Um, my buddy worked for Deron Cherry, that his distributorship, I forget mm-hmm. what it's called. Um, and he would get, you know, but it's but, still going. Yeah, yeah. But you know, the beers he would get, he, you know, he get all the dented cans and shit. We would, right. I, I wasn't trying to really drink no OE and shit like that, but it was free. <laughs> Again, you know, that's see, that's where we're but, going. We're but, talking about the entry. But, but the accounts he serviced in, in the hood, there was no Boulevard there. Right. Even though Boulevard was out, and we, you know, we pretty much, we would, we would probably drink those beers when we got really drunk, right? Right. But fast forward ten years later, you know, we'd spend a lot of time at uh, Ugly Joe's. You ever been to Ugly Joe's? I have not. No. You should. That's an experience. You should go. Okay. They got they got some good taps on there, but we'd go there on for Sundays and watch football, or whatever. I got one buddy. All he ever drinks is fucking um, Michelob Ultra. I'm like, that's not even beer. Um, my other buddy, when he comes to town from Florida, who used to work for Duran Cherry, the bad St. Louis beer. Yeah, <laughs> he comes to town and they want to go to Twin Peaks and, and drink Bud Light. No, first of all, those those uh, those mugs shouldn't be that cold. Just gonna say that right there. Yeah, I don't they, need a fr- I don't oh, need a frozen man. mug. Stop <laughs> giving me the ice chip mugs. Right, that, that is just the biggest no no in craft beer. Yeah, and so many places do it. Yeah. And shaker pints too. Yeah. Shaker pints yeah. drive me nuts. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you hand me a frosted mug, I will turn it. <laughs> I will turn it down and hand it back to you. Now, I admit there there are times I like if if I am at a crappy like in dive bar. I don't know. There's something about a bad draft beer in an ice cold mug well, but, just, like you it, pour me a schlitz in an ice cold exactly. mug i am happy yes if it, it's domestic a hams a yeah. pbr if you're drinking yeah. that kind of beer ice cold mug all day yeah. because it masks the flavors <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is, is yeah. that was that what it is because you know what i'm thinking of are the 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 ice cold with you know, the chips of ice on it, fishbowl right. of PBR. That, that's, that's and that's nostalgia. It, it cools the beer down so much that you're not getting all of the flavors to your receptors. And that's why craft beer is served, you know, 38 degrees right. to the stouts even get up into the 45, 50 degree range. It's because it gets those aromatics out. It gets all the flavors out. And so if you drank a – you and, and you nobody would. If you drank a Bud Light at 50 degrees – You'd spit it out and dump it. You'd just, this is the worst can thing I, I've ever had. Can I, can I tell you something? Hmm. You give me a Bud Light at almost any temperature, I'm probably going to spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, Fair I'm going to be honest. Fair enough. <laughs> but, but yeah, but we've, we've admitted my bias, right? You hate St. Louis. Yeah, he does. That's I, don't, I don't hate all of St. Louis. Yeah. We, Most we need of to, it. We need to take you to St. Louis, Illinois. I like the Illinois side. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I've been to some ratchet clubs up in there, man. I'm like, I fucking love that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the type of club where you get yeah. a drink and you can't drink the whole thing is so strong. I can't wait for and, my St. Louis and, friends to hear this podcast. And the and the DJ has like a table 
and he gets bumped all the time. He's still, he's still, he's still playing records. That's the thing. <laughs> he, he don't mind. Right. East St. Louis? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we've done all the damage we can do, you think? I think so. We're, you know, we're, we're pushing two hours. You know what? And, you know, it's fine. That's Somebody will listen to this shit. Yeah, for sure. You know? I, I got to – do you, you want to – Kick the last one out. Yeah, we have one more beer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I better yeah. finish one this one. Oh, here we go. It's fine. Look, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna switch the camera and let him open it. So this one's a little tricky to pour. So good luck with it. Well, with that glass, <laughs> that's why Holy I gave you that crap. one. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Good job. Ooh. Which one is this? All right. So this is the 4C Session IPA. Um, this guy. There's that word again. Yeah, Session. So. Technically, I guess I can't really call this one a session because it's not below 4%. Uh, and, again, I've been fiddling with it. So I think this batch was like 4.8. Um, but it will in the brewery be like right around 4.2, shooting for that low, low 4 percentage. Dry hopped with uh, Cascade, Columbus, Centennial, and Chinook. So that's where the 4 seeds yeah. comes from. Okay, I got you. But really, really good pine character, um, a little bit of citrus on it, a little bit of uh, floral notes to it as yeah, well. Yeah, the nose Yeah, I've played with the balance quite a bit with the four hops that I use, and it's, it's turned out pretty well. I've been really happy with it. Let me ask you this, because I'm weird like this. On a brew day, when you, when you smell that wart, when I smell some a wart, that's I'm like that's going to be a good fucking beer. Yeah, you just know. You, yeah, you can tell. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's there's when I'm at Tony's, I'm like this is going to be a good beer. I can already tell. Yeah, yeah. And one of my, you know, this goes back to my favorite style being stout, but. As soon as you mash a stout in, it's just yeah. I'm in heaven. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. All right, I need to, I need to, like the only the only brew day I've I've been at is uh, French. I told you we're gonna. You so know, I need to do it. I need to do a maybe brew day. maybe Nola will, in, will indulge us as well. Hey, you know why don't why don't we set up at the brewery and you guys can just podcast a live brew day? Absolutely. But I want him to do some work though for, for the right price. <laughs> I want him to do some work. For we the, need to invest in some headsets for the, for for the right mount, price. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can walk around. I th- I, uh, how about free beer for the day? <laughs> well, <laughs> look, he already he already knows he already knows my monetary values. <laughs> You're a whore. <laughs> this is well You're this is well established. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it would be cool for him to because I know he's did some uh, the 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 large scale brew day is different than the, the five gallon thing. You know, uh, yes and no. I I mean, it, it it kind of is, but it kind of isn't at the same time. You're, well, there's you're, more, definitely more cleaning at the end. Yes, because no, they're bigger again. vessels. So, but it depends on the size that you go to. I mean, if you've got you know th- this five barrel system that I'm doing, it, it actually should be about the same amount of time for a, a general brew day. Um, but part of that's just because I have the rotary spray balls in place. So I'll just turn a pump on and let it, that run gotcha. while I'm finishing something up with the brew. And then the next vessel will go while the wart's over here. And so, you know, you can start cleaning yeah, well, while you're still yeah, brewing. Yeah, Tony, Tony, does, when, when Tony he, doesn't which, have that. Yeah, so in, in a one barrel, yeah, you're cli- you're leaning down into that mash tun. That boil was so long, I was like, bloody hell. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> Look, and, and, when yeah. he talks, I feel better. Because when you talk, I feel like it's going to end up in some some version of Strange Brew, where like I'm Rick Moranis down in the freaking thing. Oh, we can make that happen. <laughs> yeah, I'll, you, I'll put you inside <laughs> if I need to. <laughs> phrasing. I just think it would be, you know, for I think it would be fun for you because literally I've been on a hundred brew, day, brew days. Yeah, and I've brewed twice, and the two times I brewed was with Tony, mm-hmm. and he's like. You're gonna to brew today. 
I'm like, you realize I've, I have, you want me to brew 50 gallons? Yes. I know you have a recipe. Well, yeah, of course I've got recipes. And so that first brewed, I had this idea for, um, for a tropical stout and I'm like, mango, uh, allspice. He's like, let's put some ginger in there. And he's like, you're going to do all, you're going to do all the shit. So he's made me do that a couple of times. See, that sounds fun. It was, and that beer, it was, it was weird because I got, I've got a buddy of mine who, I've got a lot of friends on just on social media, and so this guy, he has a brand called Culture with a K, and he wrote this book uh, called "This, um, this is not the beer you're used to," and it's basically a, a beer style book, but it's also his story how he got into craft beer as a brother, right? And he's talking about these styles. Now I had never heard of tropical style, had never heard of it. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Well, it's a Caribbean thing where it's a fruited stout. It's lighter. It's not heavy. It's it's a summer stout, basically. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's snobs out there. You can't drink stouts in the summer. Uh, you're wrong. <laughs> just going to say that. You you can drink any beer any <laughs> exactly. time of the year. It's I just love a matter stouts. of whether yeah. it's brewed properly or not. And so know? Tony was like, well, let's, let's do it. And then we did. It was, I mean, it was a hit. And then we did like a double mango. But we put double mango in one of them. And it was just. People are like, when are you going to do that again? I'm like, when Tony's not busy brewing. And well, so, you know it sounds reason, like he's always busy brewing. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know the reason he wanted you to brew is because he just needed a break. <laughs> exactly. like, I'm worn out. <laughs> Nigel, you're doing yeah. it. You're, you're welcome, Tony. <laughs> and, then, and the next one, he's like, um, we're gonna. I've got this recipe Irish, uh, for an Irish stout. You need to do it. All right, let's fucking do an Irish stout. So and that was, you know. So the next one we're going to do is that Young's Double Chocolate Stout clone. So, do you have any recipes that aren't stouts? Probably not. <laughs> I, I speak, another good stout, the uh, Samuel Smith oatmeal stout. Oh, yeah. That's one of my Samuel favorites. Smith yeah, is good. Yeah. Um, and as well, uh, Forehands uh, milk stout. Yeah, yeah. And, and that is a good one. Have you had their absence of light? I have not. Oh, oh you need oh, to find that. It's yeah. out right now. Go yeah. get it. It's a peanut butter chocolate stout. Yeah. You've never had that, son? <laughs> By the way, you, 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 you just had me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a Reese's peanut butter cup in yeah. a glass. I mean, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It really is. I, yeah. I, I like it, too, when the uh, when, when some of the some of the tap rooms do the mashups of, like, we're going to do a, half of this. And mm-hmm. that's kind of – Grains and Taps does that sometimes. It's a lot, a lot of fun. Like they two, put two beers together yeah. or what? Yeah. In one glass? Two, yeah. Let's call it cuvee. Yeah. <laughs> We talked about you always, always got to one up me, don't you? No, know? no. Shout out to the drinking partners because they're, they're the ones that started it. Because they're uh, their podcast, they're like, "Oh, it's the end of the podcast. Let's dump all the beers together. It's cuvee." <laughs> so in college, we called that jungle juice. You just okay. dump everything in. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different names for it. I like cuvee because it's fancy. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm fancy. You are fancy. I mean, no. Oh, yeah. If anything, Nigel. You're fancy. Yes. All you have to do to be fancy is put your pinky up while you're taking a drink. So All right. Really doesn't here here mean we much. go. Oh, he's already done. I, I, I'm Damn, here. Nolan. All right, Nigel. Here. How you doing? Pinky I up. I mean, there's more in there. Is that? Yeah. Well, you guys also gave me the smallest glass. So. Well, well. technically, it's just taller. I got to we, we, already, we already talked about this. We're going to accept tall people. Yeah. I got to believe that's less ounces than what you have. Uh, yeah. We'll get the tape. We'll get there. So, Nolan, where can people find you? Like on social media, where can we, where, they want to find out about uh, Transparent? Where do, where do they go? Yeah, absolutely. So we have Facebook and Instagram running, uh, Transparent Brewing Company. I believe they're both at Transparent Brewing. Uh, so at this point, you know, we're really just updating on the 
construction process, what we got going on. So uh, keep, you know, if you're not following us, please hop on, follow, like us, and uh, keep updated with what's going on. Uh, and then as well, at the Chive Simply Good on both Facebook and Instagram as well. Uh, there's a lot of pictures of food that she's posted, pictures right. from the tastings that you were talking about. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're, we're going to keep everybody updated. And I, I can't wait to get people in. You know, uh, we talk about this being a, a – a passion versus uh, trying to make money. And, you know, that's, that's the ultimate goal. I, I just want to share the stuff that I've created and my right. passion with other people. So I, I can't wait to get people in and start serving them. So we're really excited. You need to get on the Twitter though. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I've, it's on the plan. It's yeah. on the books. <laughs> um, but all, all you got to do is get on there. Just create an account, yeah, and I'll just I'll just retweet you all like, this like, shit. Like, like, you want to run it? As a, I will. Okay. That's, that's it. dude. My Twitter game right now is fucking on fire. Is it? I, See, I, I, I admit. Look, as 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 fellow small business owner, right? Yeah. Like all that social media can get pretty daunting. Like oh, I, I, I get you it. Start adding those channels up yeah. and because you have to understand. It's hard I wasn't, work. I, um, IG, I'm about to go like millennial. IG. <laughs> I've been on there forever, but then but but then once. Shit started rolling. I'm like, I should probably start because a lot of people are on there. But my beer Twitter, oh, it's, it's out of control. Yeah, yeah, I, I just, you're fire, dude. I'll, I'll I'll be glad to run it. 140 characters. I, I get nervous. No, they don't do they don't do 140 anymore. That's done. That's, that's, done. Anymore. that's how long you haven't been on there, oh, son. It's not, I, I got to read up on Twitter. <laughs> you got 162. Oh, okay. So you got to make it 22. You know that those 22 characters can make all the difference. I, in the I, world. I never, I've never gotten to the, the limit. Mine, okay. mine are short and concise. Oh, I, I all the time. Yeah, uh, I have, but but I like I'm, to write a lot. But the the funny thing is, because you know you weren't that active on Twitter, and I keep adding him, and he's like, yeah, I gotta say some shit now. <laughs> <laughs> but so so here's the problem: is is my personal Twitter account I'm rarely active on, and I'm not very good at at even my my local businesses Twitter account. I'm trying to be better at it, but. Because it just it gets so much, right? Yeah. yeah, it's so hard to keep up with 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 everything. But so I had let the I had all but let the personal Twitter account die. You got to get the and hoots. then Nigel starts. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, you got to get you got to get the Hootsuite, the Hootsuite. Isn't that the thing, Hootsuite? Yeah, it costs money, and I'm that's why we're look, gonna get sponsors. Is, is I'm cheap. The... <laughs> look, the, the, there's things we're gonna learn about each other, Nigel. One, I am a cheap bastard. <laughs> so this is the podcast to him. I get to come and drink for free. <laughs> Wait a minute, you figured yeah. that out? <laughs> Shit. Three episodes in. Nigel, get your friends together, have a beer. Some we'll be good, rare. man. <laughs> Damn it! I thought I was being really coy. No, I, I mean that's that's an honorable uh, stick. I, I can't hold it against you. Yeah, yeah. I, I do the same thing. <laughs> look, look, Nigel, Nigel. Well, this idea actually came at a a beer panel. I I moderated a beer panel for Global Entrepreneurship Week. Yeah, and, that was and fun. so we were we were we were drinking, which it was a weird panel to moderate because you know it was a bunch of nerds and two of them could talk. Um, Eddie from Fringe. <laughs> Eddie can no, definitely no, talk. No, Eddie Eddie wasn't on it. It was Mark. It was Lumpy. Oh, because Eddie sat in the back. Eddie, right. It was, it said, was Mark. And and I and I love Mark. I love yeah. Mark. Mark Mark's great fantastic but anyway so we we were talking in the back afterward and 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 i said i was like nigel you really ought to do a show sometime he's like i got an idea so then we met for drinks is that when that happened we, we met, met for, for drinks later and nigel's like let's get this thing at, done at and, about, and about four <laughs> bourbons later i i was in so you know what the w is over there right yeah i know the w so they open up that hand and glove uh -huh. 
Yeah, that's that's bad news. Okay. It's not bad. It's it's a fabulous. Is yeah. that is that where it started? Is that where the the uh, night ended? That that was the first. That it was, was the about first meeting. four boozy coffees later. That was okay. the first meeting at nine a.m. Yeah. on a Sunday. Nice. Yeah. And nice. I think I went home about twelve or one. Yeah, it was fine. It's fine. We're look good. at us. Look we're at us now. My fine. wife was happy. <laughs> Phrasing. <laughs> See, we don't edit the show. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. So this be you think this will be the longest episode? Are we two hours in yet? Uh, we're a minute, uh, an hour forty two fifty two. Yeah, I mean, I would listen to this shit. I'm just saying. I would. We've had a good conversation. I, I think we've had a good conversation. Yeah. No, but, and I and I, I really enjoy and I appreciate that you're bringing the the diversity part of it in. I mean, that's a passionate topic for me. And and I and honestly, with my my self proclaimed liberal white guilt, I don't know how to get there to those topics sometimes. So so I appreciate you letting me. No, get I, 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 you know, I'm just looking for ideas, fucking solutions. You know, I I, I I'll fucking go hand in hand with anybody that sounded weird <laughs> not at all not that's, at all that's the kind of love we need right? <laughs> look look let's bring back the 80s and up with people right, right? up you know? with people bloody hell <laughs> what was that the 84 olympics yeah 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 no you know I'll, if, if somebody wants to do some shit to foster that shit i'm down with it like um do you know how that how it all started the i am craft beer thing this is a great story no i actually haven't heard that so so um this girl, Shalonda White, she's she's known on on the interwebs as Afro Beer Chick. Oh, is this uh, was it Deschutes or no? That was something different. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I, by the way, so, I want her on this show. Yeah. So Bad. she she basically is a beer ambassador. She lives in Chicago. Okay. I met her in Pittsburgh. Amazing person. Um, somebody got on her Twitter and just be- tried to belittle her. Black people don't know know anything about beer. Black women, especially, don't nothing. Get the fuck off. Mm. So just went fucking left. Wow. And so, um, Dr. J, so um, the Brewers Association has a diversity uh, coordinator. Mm-hmm. And I met her in Pittsburgh. Which, by the way, at our age, when you say Dr. J, I am not yeah. thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I am not thinking of the chief diversity officer. Let me get, for her, the, let me get her actual name. How for the Brewers Association. Let's, I'm, let's I'm thinking basketball. Out. Let's see. This is this is good audio, by the way. While you're looking stuff up yeah. on your phone, yeah. As Nolan needs, I'm, I'm gonna switch that. over and watch Nolan pour there. There, look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Raise it up a little bit so we can get that on the camera. There we go. Oh yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. And now we're back on the camera of Nigel looking on his phone. This is man. This is fantastic audio. This we're good at this podcasting. Just stuff. solid content right here. <laughs> yeah. We I'm could, a, I'm a professional producer. We could go to some ASMR <laughs> if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> so. Dr. J. Jackson Beckham. She's the uh, she's a communication and cultural studies PhD, and she's the executive direct director and diversity ambassador for the Brewer, Brewers Association. Okay. So we were all friends on Twitter before because of Fresh Fest. That's the, that beer festival in Pittsburgh, and then this shit happened, and then everybody ganged up on this dude on Twitter, right? And then the hashtag I am craft beer happened. And then um, Dr. J was like, everybody post pictures of yourself with a beer and use the hashtag craft beer. It fucking went worldwide. Wow. There was a Facebook page. There's a website. It just turned into a thing where we were like, no, we're, there's no hate in craft beer. Anybody, we don't care what your fucking background is. You can, be, you can have fucking two heads. You might you probably like craft beer, and so it turned into this thing. And so, uh, Afro Beer Chick did like a meetup in Chicago, 
and said, hey, all the supporters of I Am Craft Beer, just show up. And everybody showed up at this fucking brewery and took this group photo, and it was the, it was the greatest fucking thing ever, right? Wow. Um, but the, the, you can actually search it on Twitter. The amount of people that posted pictures of themselves and the hashtag I Am Craft Beer, it was probably 10,000 people. Wow. And so um, Alana wanted to do an event here. And so she hit me up. She's like, you want to be on the panel? I'm like, fuck yeah. And so she talked to Rochester um, down on Southwest uh, Boulevard because they've got an event space at the brewery. And so we did we did a, a panel there. And we talked about diversity. And so it was, it was one of those things. And so April 2nd, Sunday, April 2nd, um, Afro Beer Check's doing, doing one in St. Louis. So we might have to go over there. So I think that's a road trip. Yeah, but but I, but I, a road trip. But I know Alana's doing another one, and she's it's going to be a, an event, but it's going to be a women's event, you know, because she can she's concerned about women in craft beer. Um, I think Kansas City has a great representation for women. I mean, I go, but you know, I go to other cities, and they say, yeah, it's not women here; it's all dudes. So every place is different, but. Yeah, that's what that came from, and it's and just it's become become a, a cool ass movement. Um, just kind of letting people know, no, you you can't be fucking a, a fucking dick or a douche, or be a slave to your bias at a brewery. Fuck that, you know what I'm saying? Well, you're you're going back to community. You're going back to that whole thing you you started talking about, where where the the local tap rooms, the local breweries, it's a community. It's a community feeling. Yep. Look, and a community is not going to stand for the douche. Right. Well, it, I feel like this is embodiment of the craft beer community in general because, I mean, the, the whole craft beer push started as a craft beer versus the big guys. Yes. You know, and, yes. and that's what it was. Yes. And all the craft breweries banded together and right. worked together because it's craft beer against the, the macro brands. Uh, and I, I feel like this, the whole movement that, you know, and I am craft beer that just embodies what craft beer yeah. is. Cause you, you can, you know, it's one of the coolest industries. Cause you know, I, in my brewery, I could be having an issue with something going on and I could just call up somebody and say, Hey, I'm having this problem. What have you done? And they'd be more than happy to answer Absolutely. that question. It's not like, no, 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 that's proprietary. I right. can't tell you what's, you know, what, what's happening there and how to fix that. Um, so it, it's gotta be one of the most supportive industries that I've ever been a part of. And it's really phenomenal to see. It's such a cool industry to be a part of just because of the support that everybody gives. I mean, at one point at Winship, Tony got sick and wasn't there, left, and we were out of cans. And you know how many fucking breweries brought us cans? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I mean, it happens all the time. Yeah. When, when Fringe runs out, when Grains and Taps runs out, when Diametric runs out, I've, been, I've, I've had somebody call me, and they're like, uh, we're out of this particular yeast. They have it at the Grains and Taps store. Can you bring it to us when you're on, on your way to work? Hell yeah. That's what that, that's what that community does. It's fucking... There's no the only look, I'm not gonna talk about the hate because there, <laughs> there there's there's some there's hate. All, there's always we're hate. gonna we're gonna talk uh, yeah. about that off air <laughs> yeah. because you know but for the most part everybody is supporting everybody. It's not there was a, there was a post by um, by uh, uh, God what's his name uh, um, from Crane Chris Myers yeah he posted this thing on Facebook about competition. He was like, it's not about competition in the craft beer community. It's about fucking love, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not Quick Trip, 
You know what I'm saying? There's not the same shit at every store. I don't. Do you have a favorite crypt if you go to? Do you? <laughs> no, they're all the same. That's um, that's my yeah. point. Yeah, you might have a favorite brewery, but if you if if you're if you like, but if the you craft, have a favorite brewery, you want to check out every other brewery. But, it, but if, when you but if you like the craft, yeah. if you like the craft, you're gonna be like, I want to see what everybody else is doing. It's not that I, I'm hating on my. I live next door to a fucking brewery, right? Right, and they're fucking killing it. Sure, I could spend all my time there, but. No, there's so many other things to experience, right? Right. Well, you know, and we have we have some friends, right? We, you, you brought up our friend John. Right. He's awesome about every time he travels. Goes he, to breweries. He comes back with, with beer from other breweries. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And he's sure he's got his favorite, but it's beca- but because he has a favorite, he's going to try every other one that he goes to. I mean, it's, it's, like visiting a, it's like visiting a different country or a different state. There's different shit. Mm-hmm. I want yeah. to see what's cracking. You know what I'm saying? Well, and yeah, I mean, even amongst just the breweries here, you may have a favorite brewery, but that's the brewery you're at two nights a week. Right. And then on the weekend, you're like, right. hey, let's go check this place out. Right. You know, let's go check this place out. I mean, that, that's even the, the consumers within the craft beer community. That's what's cool about it is it's it's an event. You know, you spend an afternoon hitting. Yeah. There's yeah. three right next to each other. So let's hit those three today, this weekend, and then next weekend, these five are close right. to each other. Let's go to those. I mean, it, it's such a interesting uh, culture just surrounding the beer industry in general, craft beer industry yeah. in general. Yeah, and, so, and if something new opens up, absolutely, I'm going to go see you. I, I, 100%. I don't think there's a – I'm trying to think, is there a brewery in Kansas City that I have not been to? I don't think so. Uh, maybe one. We're going to have to make a spreadsheet. And see, that comment that you just made, if you're opening up, I'm going to come see you. That is why I'm scared shitless. <laughs> why? A, I am so scared that we're going to run out of beer in the first week. Oh, you will. Just because everybody oh, you will. shows up. and then. Be, but isn't that a good beer. problem? It's, as long as it doesn't become consistent, yes, it's a great problem. You know, and, and to be honest with you, I think um, whether, it be, whether it be grains or windshift or diametric or fringe or East 40 or service or – any any number of, of these smaller breweries, that's that's a thing. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. And um, think about Diametric. They've got a pretty good sized system, right? And they still struggle mm-hmm. because nobody thought that that location would work. Oh, it's over there. Blah blah blah. If the, if the shit's good, they will come. Yeah, yeah. And, they 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 are the perfect example of if you build the right thing, people will come. Wh- because wh- that is a crappy location, right? I don't think you're going to have a problem. I don't no. think you'll have a problem at all. No, are you kidding? Are people showing up? Yeah. No, 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 no this location's fantastic. I, I, I am so scared that I'm going to be undersized. It, it, it is a real, bro, real bro, issue. Bro, you, it's, it's too late. I, oh, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Diame- Diametric is out of space. Yeah, no, I'm completely aware. I, yeah. I, I uh, uh, I'm kind of putting contingency plans on ordering ten barrel tanks pretty but, but, shortly. But, but, but after the good opening, thing about so. it is the good thing about it is if if your if your product is good up front, when you when you come with something that people wanted and you haven't had it in a minute, they don't care. They're gonna yeah. keep showing. That's that's Tony's thing right now. Um, you know, and we talked about this. My my judgment of a brewery is I want to how are your beers top to bottom mm-hmm. are they consistently good because there's some breweries they've got some stars they've got some dogs right tony is one of those guys where it might even not be my style and i'm like that's a well-made beer right you know what i'm saying and then as you know 
what it's coming back around session beers a, a lager and a pills if you can do one of those shh, come on man then i know then i know you're fucking legitimate yeah there's no masking issues in those <laughs> no, you you can't hide behind, you can't hide behind but i can't any. Even remember the last time i had a good lager really at a, at a at a at a microbrew. Well, part of that's because they're very hard to brew. They're they're, they're so light yeah, that any yeah. imperfection just really it, it's in your face. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I mean, shout out to and I'll, you know one of my favorite beers in the city is um, uh, Cerveza Royale from uh, mm-hmm. um, Stockyards. Stockyards. Yeah. That, killer. That, that's killer a beer. great beer. Yeah. Tony does a Winshift does a great um, a hobby hobby lager that's really nice. Okay. Um, I think one more over at Diametric is killer. And just, it's that just, is a good one. It's just, that a, is, it's just right, a session beer. I thought Grains and Taps, when they did their, um, uh, what's it called, Regal Amber, it's, it's, it's words backwards. It was just, you know, it's, it's um, Bry Fry. Yeah. Just solid as shit. Oh, yeah. Bry Fry is a solid beer. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, those, those cats who are doing just the, the basic style. Got, Alma Mater does a... Like a German pills right now, I was like, and I love, I love uh, uh, Casey beer. Once I understood what they were, that's I think good they, beer. They do German style to a T. Oh yeah, Alma Mater did a German pills. I was like, oh my god, that's just that's just as good as theirs. <laughs> you know, you know, he was ta- he was talking about he was talking about about the size that he's afraid he wasn't big. But I mean, look at look at some of the small ones. Look at places like Fringe. That's not a big and. I keep telling that's friends. not a big space at, at all, but it's, I, I love that place. I love what they've created. Right. I like that atmosphere yeah. of going in and sitting at those big tables. Yeah, and that works for me. That's a style that I like, and I so they, they had, seem to be killing it. They had Blake, um, you know, Blake down at Fringe. Yeah, he finally got to brew a beer, and he did he did a a, a pills. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Really, I didn't know Dude, he did for one. him, man. I'm that's like, awesome. you guys should have that. What, what was it called? You know, I got those weird uh, carnival names yeah. and shit. Uh, cheap thrills pills. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get with, I need with, to a, try with, a, with a monkey on a motorcycle. You it was, it was a, you, you know they do great logos, right? Yeah. It, I said, dude, you guys should have this on the all the time. All the time, yeah. You know, so but it was it was it was a cool it was a cool deal because again talking about the beer community, um, Mark and, and and Blake came and talked to to uh, Tony at Windshift because Tony did this pills that everybody shit their pants about, right? And they, you know, they commiserated and talked about it, and went back and did this beer. And it was, I'm like, this should be a staple. You guys are, you guys are killing me right now. Mm-hmm. So every time I go down, I'm like, when's this gonna happen? Blake's like, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. So anyway, there we go, dude. Thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's been, it's been a good out. time. This, you, you, you've actually, uh, this will be the longest episode <laughs> thus far. By there far. We go. <laughs> so let's, uh, you guys can go and just cut it short. Like, I mean, a minute before what our length is, just stop recording from here on out. We'll just, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll hold the record, right? There we go. Yeah. He'll, he'll never stop recording. <laughs> like, 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 I gotta, I have a production style. It's, it's, it's never not record. Yeah. So, Hey, we appreciate it, man. Um, best of luck on, on the new business. Thank you. Um, we're going to, we're going to make sure. Um, we scared the shit out of you and get a bunch of people there. <laughs> no, please do. We will be there, right? Yeah, we're going to be there what? opening day. You know what? We that we should. That, let's let's plan on that. Us come opening day and just fucking do some live shit and see what why happens. Not? Yeah, absolutely. You we know, set something up. Yeah, why? I mean, why not? I'm down. Yeah, are you, we're are there. You, are you free? Uh, sure. <laughs> let's do it for an unknown date about two to yeah, two and a half months from yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. I, I, 
one of the nice things about working for yourself is you can you can say those things. You'd be yeah. like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll be there. There yeah. you go. So for uh, my buddy Nick Parker, good job. We got that's you too, bud. Three up, three down, oh, three, three. <laughs> the longest one ever. Look, look, they they might hate us. We'll see. No. I yeah. Mean, uh, nah. People are gonna. Li- I would listen to this shit. Look, look, everybody loves Nigel. Hey, this is. Uh, look, I'm just hitching to your wagon. That sounds creepy. It's a weird <laughs> wagon. It's <laughs> a weird wagon. <laughs> I bloody like hell! I like weird. And and I tried to. My one of my goals is to get you to say bloody hell bloody at least hell. five times every episode. I can't help I it, man. I think it's, that it's, was five, right? There. It yeah, might have been. Yeah, we're yeah, gonna have to get, Actually, under. I think we're gonna we're gonna make that a contest. People have to count every time. No, they have to drink every time I say bloody hell. Oh, there we go. Drinking game. Yeah, our first our first beers with Nigel drinking game. You're gonna just turn it into how I met your mother and just bloody hell, bloody hell, bloody hell. Bloody <laughs> I hell, would never hell. do that. But um, but um, but um, but um. No, that bloody hell is is it? You can't just. Shoot off. No, you can't do that. That's rude. All right. I, I feel like this is, needs to be the next episode. We're going to talk about Bloody Hell. We are. You know what we're getting for the next episode? No. You know Scott Kranz. Yeah. That guy right there. Yeah. That brother, he's got like, he has a 1,000 check-ins on, no, 10,000 check-ins on Untapped. Yeah, that sounds about right. 8,000 unique. Mm-hmm. I, I I do not have untapped. You were supposed to. That was on my notes. You were supposed to get untapped. Why have you not gotten untapped? I told you I'm I'm not comfortable with public record of my drinking. No untapped. Not, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's not. You're not putting it on Facebook, fool. <laughs> it's it, it's strictly an app for the beer community amongst yeah. the beer community. You get to pick I, so, your friends. So the the only people that'll see how much you've drank are people at the same level of drinking, if not more than you. <laughs> yeah. So you're all right. Don't worry about it. And it, it see, I, I post mine to Twitter just because my Twitter Ooh. beer. Game see, that's is good. what that's what like, I might. I don't post my shit to Facebook. I don't. I don't know if I want. I don't want public record. But you don't have to do it. You could just be within the app, and we're gonna. Because right. I want to, you know, when you get a beer, I want, right. I want you, I want you to give us some, you know, some, see, some the, liner here's, notes. <laughs> here's what here's here, here's what I think is, is a local a KC area brewery. Okay. They need to lobby for us to come out, and that's where I will I will download the app and I will start. That's the easy button. So they need to bribe us. I look. I am always about bribes. No joke. What kind of corrupt stuff have you done in yeah. your life? He's been he's been covering politics yeah. way too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know how you paid for college. <laughs> well, I can tell you how I got through college. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a fun story. There you go. On that note, hey, thank you guys for listening to Beers with Nigel and Nick. Even though Nick is like, I don't warrant a hashtag. That, I think that's on our logo. Actually, is that I don't warrant a hashtag. Because that's that's the name of the show. It's hashtag. Yeah. Shout out to Brad Bain from Grains and Taps for you know releasing. like five six years ago. Yeah. Did you ever see the shirt? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Some people still have them. Every once in a while, I'll see a motherfucker. They'll be like, "Look at my shirt." I'm like, "Wow, that's a limited you know, edition." You know, right you know there. what? If 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 somebody wears that shirt and sees us, it's got to be a prize. Open hand smack to the face? What? Yeah. I was, was going to say crisp high five, but that works too. I was going to say uh, transparent brewery will get them a beer. Uh, <laughs> well, you can't get beer there right now. Well, that's true. So, well, Nolan, thank you we'll very talk. much. This, yeah, was, thanks, this was awesome. Was yeah, awesome. I had a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys. Hey, you guys. Thanks for listening. Um, we'll listen to you or listen, or hear you. We'll talk to you. All those things. How many beers have we had? Have another beer. Look, I, didn't, I did not pregame for this one, so I'm okay. I thought you did. God, that's not really pregame. <laughs> I 
What's, why are you whispering now? Oh my god! Not, the beers with Nigel after dark. <laughs> That's a whole other show. We, we're we're actually on HBO for that. Nolan's one. like, what did I get myself <laughs> into? We're gonna transition into the Love Line Hour. <laughs> Give us your we're, 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 we're taking, taking requests. Oh, it is almost Valentine's Day. We didn't even talk about that tomorrow. Which I think is the worst holiday. Is it a holiday? Yeah, it's. It, is it, it considered is. a holiday? Yes, it's a national holiday. It I, is, but this, these will be released after. But still, if you've if you uh, celebrated it, good for you. I think it's the worst man-made bullshit ever. Yeah. So, on that note, um, um, honey, I love you. You're married. <laughs> Twenty years and counting, man. Yep. You married rich, remember? I did. Keep I, it classy. I did. You got to marry those teachers, man. That's where the money's at. <laughs> Hot for teacher. <laughs> Hashtag hot for teacher. I love me some Van Halen. Hey, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Right. <laughs> Bloody hell. Two and a half hours later. <laughs>You have been listening to Beers with Nigel, a show about beer and other stuff. Hosted by Nigel Woodbury and that other guy, Nick Parker. Beers with Nigel is a proud member of the Fredcast Network, and it's available on your favorite podcast apps. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Beers with Nigel.